The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. The collision of common sense and comedy. This is the collision of common sense and comedy. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Good morning. Rise and shine, everyone. Sarah Gonzalez here with Jason Buttrell. Yeah. It is the last day you guys have to be without your fearless leader. Because uh, word is that he will be back tomorrow. So I know, Jason, (laughs) (laughs) you're supposed to be like, yay, Doc's coming back. Dude, I woke up this morning like, I don't know how. I don't know how Doc does that. I know. Day in and day out. I know. Uh, And, you know, it's hard with the the news and why it matters that we film, you know, later in the afternoon. I was uh, yesterday I left. Uh, the studio and I was like, I'm on hour 13 of being here. I got to get out of here right now and go home. I am. I love everyone here. I am so sick of being here. (laughs) I was feeling it. I don't know if you noticed in the news why it matters yesterday, but I had that glazed look. Yeah, and, you were terrible. And Glenn, <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> and, but well, luckily Glenn was on yeah. his A game. Yeah, and yeah. he was like filibustering every block. Is there a time when Glenn block. isn't no, on his A game? No, not really. Glenn is always on his A game. Yeah, but luckily he more so yesterday. I thought like yeah. he was just like like every time someone would get like five words in, he was like, "Oh yeah, it reminds me of this." <laughs> I was like, "Bro, take it." <laughs> well, he told me after the show that he felt like he had to do that because he noticed that your performance was severely lacking shut your mouth (laughs) shut your mouth uh so i do want to say something really quickly before we get into it uh there was someone yesterday who was very upset uh millennial who was very upset uh at me i guess maybe also you i don't know but he did not enjoy being generalized because we were kind of, you know, we were hard on millennials a little bit, talking about how they are, most of them are, you know, entitled and most of them, you know, think a certain way. And he didn't like that uh, we didn't specifically say we're not talking about all millennials. You know, Which I, topic? I don't remember. Uh, I, I don't remember off the top of my, oh, I think it was the uh, Trump dating or dating Trump supporter or an MS-13 gang member, I believe. But he was very upset. I want to apologize. Um, I I certainly don't think that all millennials have the same, you know, have these same traits and characteristics. Uh, I think that it's just kind of, as a society, we get in a certain habit of when we're talking about a subset of the population and the majority of that subset you know, usually thinks a certain way. I think that, you know, we just get in the habit of for simplicity's sake, just saying the general subset of the group instead of clarifying that we obviously don't think that all of that group thinks that way. Uh, We know that there are a lot of you who are, you guys are awake. You know, you guys understand what's going on. Uh, Wait, I guess I'm supposed to say you're woke. What? Yes. You're not awake. Awake. (laughs) I'm showing my age here. You guys are awake. Okay. Y'all woke. Okay. And I get it. So I'm very sorry. I did not mean to offend anyone. 
And then now that I've gotten that out of the way, uh, remember to tweet us at Sarah Gonzalez TX and at Jason Buttrell and use the hashtag what I learned today. So Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton is, um, you know, we talked about him yesterday. He kind of got a little bit defensive in an NBC interview when he was put on the spot. Got a little asked, heated, yeah. I think is his words. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Hot, hot, hot under, under the, the collar. collar. That's yep. what it was. Yep. Yeah. And um, so he is now kind of trying to walk back what he said, trying to clarify. Personally, I think it's more of he's like just drowning and flailing around trying so hard to come back up to the surface. But I want to play what he said when he tried to walk back what he said in that interview. The truth is the hubbub was I got hot under the collar because of the way the questions were asked. And I think what was lost are the two points that I made that are important to me. Oh, important to you. Okay. The suggestion was that I never apologized for what caused all the trouble for me 20 years ago. So first point is, I did. I meant it then and I meant it now. I apologize to my family, to Monica Lewinsky and her family, and to the American people. Before a panel of ministers in the White House, which was widely reported, so I was, I did that. I meant it then, and I mean it today. I live with it all the time. Mm -hmm. The second is that I support the Me Too movement, and I think it's long overdue. And I have always tried to support it in the decisions and policies that I've advanced. In Mm. my policies that I've advanced, not so much in my actual real life, but I'd like to maintain the facade that that's what uh, I'm doing here. So really what stuck out to me on this are uh, a couple different things. One, notice how he says... uh, what was lost are the two points that I made that are important to me. Right. So, oh, oh, okay. Well, please make sure that you tell us what's important to you because that's what should matter here is what's important to you. He must be talking about the gaping facts. Yes, the gaping facts that everyone is ignoring. (laughs) We're still on the edge of our seats trying to figure out what these gaping facts are because he's not telling us. Maybe that'll be in his next book. I don't know. Is that what this is? This is a book tour? I'm pretty sure. Isn't it? I, I don't know. I know he's with the uh, with the author. Another book. Yeah, his, it's James Patterson, and it's the president is missing. I believe is the the uh, the title. Wow. Okay. Uh, so then he says, and this is maybe it's because I'm a female, and generally speaking, we like to uh, dissect you guys' words a little bit more than you would like. Us guys, okay. Well, I just mean males in general. (laughs) But he said the suggestion was that I never apologized for what caused all the trouble for me 20 years ago. He doesn't say what I did wrong. He doesn't say that I didn't apologize for what I did wrong, for what I did to Monica Lewinsky, for what I did. He doesn't assume any responsibility here. He says, I never apologize for what caused me all the trouble, (laughs) which I assume would mean Monica Lewinsky. 
I mean, I apologize for getting caught. Yes. Okay. Could he be more out of touch? So you combine that with him saying that now, and then the original interview when um, the interviewer asked him, "Do you know? Do you do do you understand? Maybe people think that you didn't." have you didn't take on enough responsibility of that notice his answer isn't i take i took responsibility for it but i believe it was i went 16 million dollars in debt well i mean i don't think going into debt you know having to pay the price of what you did is really necessarily taking responsibility for it who else is going to pay for it and the debt thing is Let's just say it's a little bit disputed. Yeah. So Washington Post is a really... Right, a surprising source. Washington Post. Washington Post. When Washington Post turns against Bill Clinton, you know there's some crazy stuff going on. So the six... 16 million. So that that's that was his claim. Mm-hmm. So Washington Post pointed Poor out baby. that that Hillary said, I think back in 2008, that they were a few million in debt. You know, just, just right. a few million in debt. Right. But, but that's that's a lot. Less. What you think when you hear three, you hear like, what, three to five? Yeah. That's what you would think. Yeah. And then most of most of the, what they're talking about in their debt is all lawyer fees. Imagine right. that. Right. Well, Skirt I know. Scandals. It's like, oh, poor baby. I'm so sorry that you had to pay for that lawyer because you were busy, you know, getting some stuff done to your junk in the Oval <laughs> Office. Like, oh, my gosh, I feel so sorry for you. Stop. So the Washington Post analyzed the 16 million figure and they said that, you know, as per Senate, fi- Senate financial disclosures, uh, their their assets added up to one point eight million, while the lowest possible debts were two point three million. So if you do the math, which I suck at math, so I'll just read <laughs> what the Washington Post figured up. That's about five hundred thousand in negative net worth. Five hundred thousand. Um, okay, I, that's not really what. That's not claims. sixteen. That's okay. a little bit. It's not even a few. But they do a little gymnastics and try to give them the benefit of the doubt. But oh. even still, even still, all they can do is come up to about maybe two point eight million in debt, something like that. That that's all they could come up with. Right. That, that's all they could figure. Even with a stretch. E- e- even with a stretch. Mm-hmm. But regardless, the year that they got out of the White House. Right. Mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton, of course, signed an eight million book deal. Right. The year they got out, an eight million book deal. Um, so sad. Bill hit the lecture circuit, making over one hundred and twenty five thousand per speech. Mm-hmm. Everything else they did all in all after they were done getting out of the White House, they made you want to take a guess how much they take a guess. And that 12 next 12 months, how much they made in 12 months. Uh, t- 20 million. Close. 16. Mm-hmm. Which is what he said they were in, in debt. debt. Right. I think that old yeah. man Bill yes. here. A little senile. Dentures a little falling senile. out Bill. I mean, weren't they? Right? It sounded, like, it it. sounded yeah. like he needs some more. What? What is What is the denture? <laughs> like polydent. Yeah right? yeah. right? Maybe that just polishes it. I don't know. But Bill, you need more denture glue. <laughs> I, 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 I think that he just got his He was like, ah, oh, crap. That's how much we made that year. Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> But you're still a you're still blue collar Bill. Right, you know what I mean. Right. Oh, you yeah. and your 16 million. I also found it was funny that he might have been. They might have been adding in their multi million dollar estates that they had in New York, Aww. which was kind of funny. They only had several estates. They uh, yeah. Well, they had two. Uh, a, a one. Oh, point, let's see. Uh, like poor. A five bedroom home in Chappaqua, New York, at 1.7 million. Five bedroom. I mean, please, one point seven million. That's like a, a tiny 
a tiny why they might as well be on the street what are they living in a cardboard box i know yeah come on these poor people and, and, but but then that isn't hold hold up to the 2.85 million five bedroom home they had in the district so oh well i mean that's like average i mean what were middle class were they adding that into their debt on top of because that does that seem fair to add in your ridiculously no. luxurious homes no in no. new york no I don't think that counts. No. There's no sympathy there that you were in debt when you got out of the White House from your multi-million dollar homes, uh-uh. which they had in one of them, they had put almost a million dollars of equity. Oh, that that was in the 2.85 million one. Wow. Wow. Uh, I, <laughs> and there is, there's still more that I need to get to in this story because kind of need to set the record straight a little bit uh, on that, but we will, we'll do that um, after the break. So, We've got the the private tours at the pop-up museum going on Father's Day weekend here at the studios. I know you guys, too. yeah, you guys have heard us talk a lot about it. We've got so much construction going on. Um, it's actually driving me a little bit crazy. Insane. Yeah, because there's just drilling and pounding at, at all hours of the day. But it's gonna be totally the worth bell? it. It's gonna be totally worth it. I don't I don't have it out. There it is. <laughs> So uh, there's going to be private tours. I know Doc has uh, kind of a game going on that, you know, we you guys need to make sure that his tour gets sold out first. It's Friday, June 15th at noon. There's going to be so many cool things here to see. You guys have got to come. Uh, general admission tickets are available for Friday through Sunday. So Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Plenty of chances to do it. Glenn's giving a tour. Stu and Jeffy are giving a tour. I will also be there. David Barton will be here also. Uh, You guys have got to come see it June 15th through 17th here at Mercury Studios. You can go to mercuryone.org slash museum 2018, or you can call if you'd like to talk on the phone, 972-499-4747. It's not sugarcoated. It's not fluff. It's just the truth. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. I know, I know, I know, I know. You guys don't want to talk about Bill Clinton. I know. But there are a lot of different facets to this story. Jason was just talking about uh, the WAPO fact check. And just really, really quickly, I do want to have him point out the, uh, you know, he's he mentioned that he had a sexual harassment policy. What? So he's clear, guys, because he had a policy. Which, all right? which was... More probably like actually sexually, har- he was pro-sexual, you know, <laughs> harassing He had a policy sexually? of harassing as often <laughs> as possible. But it's funny, like his, his he's going right back to his talking points from the uh, late 1990s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, in his lawsuit, and this is all pointed out in the Washington Post article, but uh, Paula Jones did the lawsuit against Clinton and in 98 during the deposition. Uh, this was like a really quick question answer period. The question was, is this a copy of the sexual harassment policy that you signed when you were the governor of the state of Arkansas? Now this is the person asked the question is Paula Jones's attorney. And then Bill goes, it is. I signed it in 87 and I'm fairly sure that I was, uh, that I was, we were the first or the one, the very first states to actually have a clearly defined sexual harassment policy. Now that's interesting 
because at the time, the federal government had already initiated a sexual harassment policy mm -hmm. in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And then, like, you know, uh, government offices were instructed to start implementing them. Now, <laughs> Paula Jones' attorney jumped right on that and goes, Mr. President, the criteria there under Roman numeral three were actually federal guidelines that you were adopting as the policy in the state. Is that correct? <laughs> the answer is just straight up three letters. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. So great. That's correct. I, mean, I wish I could Got hear me there. that. That reads kind of like a sick burn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that yeah, was, yeah. That was a lawyer sick just, burn. Do you, can, can you uh, picture him just looking down in his lap <laughs> yeah. really dejected just like, yes. <laughs> the only thing missing was like, crap. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So in other words, yeah, all he did was do as he was ordered and implemented the policy that everyone else was told to do. Yeah, what he didn't a hero. come up with some revolutionary sexual harassment policy. What a hero. <laughs> uh, his buddy, well, I don't know if they're friends, but Democrat uh, California Representative Eric Swalwell, he was asked about uh, Gillibrand. She kind of reflected that in hindsight, Clinton should have resigned after after that scandal, it was just kind of a reflection of the Me Too movement that's going on right now. And she's like, you know, he really should have resigned after the scandal. Oh my um, yeah. And so but uh, Swabo had some comments on that, if we could play that. Your Democratic colleague, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, said recently that with the way things have changed and the Me Too movement, that President Bill Clinton should have resigned during the Monica Lewinsky scandal. And uh, he was asked about this, and here's how he responded. You have to uh, really ignore what the context was. Then. <laughs> Which I love. But, you ignore know, the context. she's living in a different context, and she did it for different reasons. Mm. So I... Okay. Uh, different context. But I just disagree with her. Oh, you disagree with her. That's shocking. He should have stayed in office or, or, or Senator Gillibrand saying he should have resigned. Yeah, Aaron, I was 15 years old when that happened. I, I, okay. I was raised that when you screw up and you make a mistake, you say sorry. And if it's not good enough for the person you're apologizing to, you keep saying sorry until they feel comfortable uh, oh, and you are so recognizing you, that you, you made a mistake. I, I think the most important thing we can do for the Me Too movement, though, is make sure that every woman in America is protected at her workplace. And it's not only people in powerful positions. There's a lot of women who work for powerful people who are not regarded as powerful to the media, but they have yes. to deal with harassment and discrimination every day. And we should move mm. quickly in Congress in a bipartisan way to protect those individuals. But the bottom line is you're saying he should apologize and he should apologize directly to her, but you're not weighing in on the resignation. I, it, again, I was 15. Was I, I, don't, I don't think going backwards helps this movement, uh, especially going back into the What's 90s. I think do? women deserve to be protected. Women should be protected in the workplaces today. And that's the most important part of this movement. I was 15. Was, I can't have an opinion he, on it. He can't. How's, who's he to say? He was 15. I mean, think about it. Jason, I was not even born when the Nazis were killing all the Jews. I, I can't really say whether or not that was morally wrong. I wasn't here. I didn't. I didn't exist yet. I was not How conceived. How are you supposed to have yeah. an opinion? <laughs> yeah, well, on the morality of something if you were just a mere baby. And in other news, let's get the Parkland students in to tell us what we should do about the Second Amendment. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Shut up. Exactly. Come on. Exactly. So, I, d I mean, you know, we are kind of seeing this shift that a lot of the, the Democrats, I feel, are turning on the Clintons. They're like, 
Yeah, we're just going to back away slowly because we don't really want anything to do with them anymore. Yeah, it's, uh, But well, there are some that are still hanging on. Infuriating. The I'm just like, the, my first thought in seeing all this, Clinton was on with Colbert. Colbert, I think that was last night. He was grilling him hard. Mm-hmm. All of these interviews. Yeah. Where the heck were you yeah. back when all this mattered? Right. Where were you? Yeah. Because you would not touch this. Right. You called it like a vast West Wing conspiracy. Mm-hmm. You completely like gave them a pass. Mm-hmm. Didn't even acknowledge, acknowledge some serious allegations of rape. Right. Wouldn't even acknowledge it. Yeah. In fact, it almost sounded, I mean, there was times, now we're finding out that they knew about a lot of this information, set on it purposely. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is ridiculous that only now do you have the balls to yeah. stand up and actually question and pose some of these questions. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yep. Yep. I know. Uh, so, and I don't, I, I, I know that the, the listeners are like, we don't want to talk about Bill Clinton anymore. Uh, so really quickly, did you hear about Joss Whedon, the director for, I, he's done a lot of stuff. I think he's doing Batgirl. He's the one who, uh, <laughs> he's the one who is in charge of that. Well, he apparently has been a big believer in the Me Too movement and his ex-wife totally outed him and said that um, he is basically, he would prey on women that he worked with. He cheated on her uh, multiple times and uh, then told her previously though that he just had a lot of female friends because his mother raised him as a feminist. So he just liked women better. Uh, he didn't lust after them. And then apparently on the set of Buffy, he had his first secret affair 15 years later when he decided that he was done with their marriage. He wrote her a letter and he told her that, uh, suddenly, you know, I was this powerful producer and the world is laid out at my feet and I, you know, I can't touch it, but then he did obviously. (laughs) And so he, you know, talked about, trying to create the persona that he was fighting the bad guys. And, you know, he was this big feminist person. Uh, Meanwhile, he was cheating on his unsuspecting wife and preying on these women in the industry. And now he is directing Batgirl. I don't think it's uh, set to direct. Well, first of all, before we get into that, who's actually playing Batgirl? I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, I haven't seen anyone even attempt that since I think like maybe Alicia Silverstone or whatever. Yeah, I don't think it's a great, I don't think it's a great call. (laughs) Well, but until we find that out, Mm -hmm. I I, I just, I guess, so there's two, two points. I I used to work in that industry out in Hollywood. Uh, I was a bodyguard to some of the biggest celebrities and CEOs out there in production companies. And I mean, there's a vast majority of them Mm -hmm. that are so hypocritical. A yeah. vast majority. Yeah. Now, there's some of them that are like actual genuinely good people. Right. But there were some people that you would hear them saying stuff, you know, out like, oh, yeah. I'm, like, the, just take, for example, the Me Too stuff. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But it's completely exact opposite of what they were doing in their private lives. Yep. And like now it's like I think people always just kind of assume that. But like now a lot of that, a lot of that's coming to light. Yeah. Which I think is good. But on this, my second point on that is that is do you, is she a credible witness? I mean, is this dangerous? If you can have a if you can have an ex wife or an ex husband come mm-hmm. out against a person, and then years after the fact, mm-hmm. and just because it's in vogue right now, you know, because of the Me Too movement, 
this to 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 make these statements that completely could like destroy their career. Like, yeah. I mean, it just happened. Like, they tr- it almost happened to Ryan Seacrest yeah. real recently. You know what? That's a really good question. Um, let's talk about that in a minute. Okay. Let's talk about that. When your ears are not clean, they can get uncomfortable. They itch. They're painful. They can get plugged up. You can't hear. Uh, and you know, I mean, if you're a man, you already aren't listening, and so it just makes it worse. You can't use Q-tips. Well, you might be trying to use Q-tips, but you shouldn't. Uh, newsflash, they're not supposed to be used for that. They can actually be dangerous to use. Well, get the real solution for stubborn earwax. The Wax RX earwash system is doctor-developed. It works safely when other products fail. Uh, you can go to usewaxrx.com to order it. Use offer code radio. That's usewaxrx.com. If you want soft, supple ears, do it now. Use waxrx.com, offer code radio. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. says someone needs to tell Bill Clinton it's not groundbreaking or going out on a limb to do what you are ordered to do. Uh, yeah, I agree. Dum uh, Dum says Bill Clinton's <laughs> sexual harassment policy was to hire as many chicks as possible and harass them. <laughs> Keystone Pig points out uh, the hashtag Me Too movement is all about going back and punishing people for things in the past. That's a really great point because think about all of the people. I mean, we've got Harvey Weinstein. You know, I mean, all of the things that he was doing uh, were starting out 30 something years ago and we're still punishing him. Um, we're still punishing, uh, you know, even like Louis C.K., which I think that that whole one is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's a great point. That's we're all going back in time and punishing mm-hmm. them. So why would Clinton be immune to that? Um, so first of all, I do want to point out uh Apparently, Joss, Joss Whedon is not part of the Batgirl movie anymore. He did exit uh, a little bit earlier this year. But to go back to Jason's question, how credible, I guess, should a um, a bitter ex-spouse be? I think that that is a great point because, you know, you could have someone who is just they just feel jaded and they want to get back at the other person. But, I mean, I feel like you would have to look at all of the facts surrounding each particular case because what if they have evidence? You know, what if they have, like, in this instance, she said that she had a letter. So if she has a letter from him and it, that you can see, it's <laughs> like, I mean, he wrote her the letter. So, what? What? I mean, I guess she could have forged it and put it out there but i don't think that was it just him exp- what, what did he say again was it was it just him explaining that yes he did cheat on her mm-hmm. but it doesn't like really allege any kind of harassment right uh no he said no 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 it, i mean it depends on what you want to call harassment he said that he felt like he was he was powerful in this position and he could use that power to get what he wanted from women 
Got it. He did say that. So would you th- would you say that if a, a person in power that it ha- it, like at a workplace, someone mm-hmm. a person in power, if, if if he enters into a relationship with a subordinate, would you call that harassment? No, because Rand Paul might Rand disagree Paul, with you. Yep. Yep. He he might he might disagree <laughs> with me. Uh, and I think you know what we have the clip, but I I might just want to just read the quote because it. It's more succinct that way. So Rand Paul, and, oh, and plus Rand Paul was talking about Bill Clinton. And I know you guys don't want to talk about Bill Clinton anymore. So let's pretend like he wasn't talking about Bill Clinton because <laughs> that part of the the conversation is kind of irrelevant. So he said um, that you can't, this is a quote, you can't really have an appropriate consensual relationship with a 20-year-old intern in your office. That is the definition of sexual harassment. It's the definition of using the power of your office to get something you want, and it is always wrong. Jason, do you agree with that? I think I do. Really? Actually. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think that you could. I don't. I would never condone, and I don't see how HR in any company would condone a subordinate uh, in a relationship with with their boss. What I mean, man but, or woman? Well, first of all, a consensual relationship. I mean, if you're 20, let's say, because he said 20, but you're saying it doesn't matter the age. If it's a subordinate, if it's a, a managerial type position, yeah, and then someone who works under them, that that that's that's already sexual harassment. Yeah, I I, I think I, I guess I see you your can point. also catch Jason at the hashtag Me Too. <laughs> Because I guess he's jumped on board. <laughs> well, I mean, it's to the Me Too movement. Because I, I see your point. Because you know, in many cases, it le- legitimately could be a, a case of where, hey, they fell in love, you right. know, or you know, or whatever, or whatever, I got hot under the collar in another way, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 both of them were consensual. But I don't. I mean, if someone is especially an intern. Mm-hmm. Who's to say whether she would even he or she would feel like they had the power to resist? I mean, that was that's almost like the Harvey Weinstein thing. Like many of the women now are saying that, you know, that that they just they knew that they were going to be destroyed if they didn't, you know, if they said no. (sighs) I don't think that that's sexual harassment, though. I don't know. I I just don't think it is. Now, I will say I do understand being, um, you know, let's say it's a single mom who doesn't, they're just trying to feed their kid and she is uncomfortable with what's going on, but she thinks that she doesn't have any other options because, you know, what am I going to do? Get fired or quit? And then how am I going to feed my kid? How am I going to make ends meet? How am I going to stay in my house? I can kind of understand that, but I still don't think that it constitutes a sexual harassment, especially if they never, I mean, you don't know what if they never asked the guy to stop or not do it or made any kind of mention that they were uncomfortable. How is the guy actually supposed to know that they're not into it? Well, if, if your boss hit on you, yeah, would you feel harassed? I mean, do I get a raise? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Cause if I, I get know a you raise, gotta think you're going to go there. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I mean, yeah, no, I wouldn't. It depends on the context. And now I'm Bill Clinton. It depends on the context. What do you mean by is? Huh? 
<laughs> Could you define <laughs> <Yeah>. the word? <laughs> well, when you say is, um, I, I don't think so. I mean, here's the thing. If, if I feel like if he just randomly was like, wow, you're butt looks really great in those jeans. I'd be like, oh, but if there was some sort of, you know, I think you can tell when if you're into someone and they're into you and you're kind of reading the signs and, you know, he maybe says like, I think that you, you know, that dress looks really great on you or, you know, your lipstick looks really pretty today, which I guess a guy wouldn't ever say. But (laughs) um, but I think that like, if it was done in a certain way that you guys were both reading the signs of what was going on, I think that like that wouldn't be, I wouldn't find that to be harassment. I don't know. I see now I mean, I'm kind of, so, what made me start thinking otherwise mm-hmm. uh, or pushing back on my own yes, thoughts on this. Yes. Our little feminist was yes. the fact that like, what if, what if it was not even initiated by the boss? You know, like then it would yeah. be kind of weird. Like, so then, then what if the intern was like, what if what if the intern initiated it? I don't, you know, like. Uh, I mean, that's not sexual harassment. Th- th- then it really can't be. Mm-hmm. I, I st- HR still wouldn't agree with the relationship. You know what I mean? Right. Well, they I st- think some companies you you can sign a form. Like you can you can go to HR as long as it's the person who is underneath uh, the the subordinate. You can go to HR and um, sign a form saying, like, I'm not being pressured to, you know, date this person or whatever. In this climate, it's just that's like, like, I don't know, like speaking as a man, like you don't want to say anything that could be construed in in, in any way, Mm -hmm. especially like if you if I, I don't know if I'll ever be in a managerial position, but definitely not in a managerial position. I'm not, uh-uh. you are not doing, you, you are like, you know, putting blinders on. You're yeah. not turkey necking it and looking yeah. around, you know, if someone passes by, uh-uh, you're not doing any of that stuff. You are, you are, de- you are terrified oh that gosh. someone will say something. Well, it's, speaking of uh hashtag me too. Uh, so Jason, you are now apparently the resident feminist. Oh, come on. Hashtag me too. Come on. Well, are you trying to get me back for the hashtag nat- Natty Light? I see what you're doing here. I, you know, let's let's do a counter hashtag. Let's just let's just start that one back up because that one was great. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> Former NFL cheerleaders are demanding better pay. Now, let me go back a second. Yes, I said former. So just in that. Former NFL cheerleaders, cheerleaders who are not cheerleaders anymore, are demanding better pay for current cheerleaders. Because of their... Oh, for current cheerleaders. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And they wrote a letter to Roger Goodell. And they said, we are outraged that a lot of cheerleaders are sometimes only paid minimum wage, which can be $7.25 an hour sometimes. And they are required to go to non-game events and in luxury suites. I mean, living the the hard life, appearing in luxury suites. Wait, required to be in luxury seats? Required. Oh my gosh! It's I. I oh mean, my gosh! I'm telling you, like the the treatment that they are receiving at these games, they they get attention to be in calendars. They, you know, they they get to be some sort of local status symbol, sex symbol, if you will. Uh, you know what? 
It is time for the NFL. This is from the letter. It is time for the NFL to remedy inequities and force NFL teams to stop exploiting women. Oh, gosh. If not, you, Roger Goodell, and the NFL can expect a backlash, the likes of which will show the NFL what women's power is all about. Oh, it does not say that. It says that. Oh, my God. Stop exploiting women. Roger Goodell, you scumbag taking these women you're chaining them to the basement at night and forcing them to wear scantily clad clothing and forcing them out on that field to shake their rear ends roger goodell you should be ashamed of yourself forcing them into those luxury suites that is terrible oh my god you're forcing them to autograph sessions where they feel like there's someone in the world that is awful i am sick of it Okay, so this had so much more credibility at the very beginning. <laughs> like, I was on board as the resident feminist of the show when I was like, right, right, actually, course. it had nothing to do with feminism. It's like, I'm pissed off if I'm only making seven and a quarter, too. Or like, go work somewhere else. Yeah, but but still, like, let's say you like, let's let's say for, you know, just for the giggles. that you, I hear there are other places that you can go and barely wear clothes and dance and you even get tips. <laughs> So why not go somewhere else? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I was the one that rang that bell, by the way. I finally beat you to the punch. Um, so, but still, like, if yeah, granted, you have the you have the freedom to go off and get another job. But let's just say for the giggles that you like that job and you want to stay in it. I don't care where you work. You could you could be at McDonald's. You could be at Luby's if they still have those things. Mm-hmm. I don't like. You could be anywhere <laughs> if you're only making seven in the quarter. <laughs> It was so random. What? What's like, yeah, I know. Who goes to Luby's anymore? How the heck did that pop into my mind? I don't, I don't know, know, but if you're, if you still, if Luby's is still around and someone still works at Luby's and loves their job, Dang God I, bless them. I am getting old. <laughs> but anyway, so, but anyway, it's, 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 it's legitimate to ask for more than seven and a quarter. It's legitimate. Uh, I mean, people, people signed, do, do they far less. Up for it? You they can signed, go, you know, you can go to In-N-Out Burger and you can get paid like I think it's over what forty fifty thousand dollars. Okay, well go Insane. then go work at In and Out Burger instead of being an NFL cheerleader. Because here's what's going to happen: um, they can uh, like my advice to Roger Goodell would just be like fire them all. Let's let's just get some AI cheerleader robots. Oh, they did this in the replacements they with can, Keanu Reeves. Remember yeah, that? Yeah. And so, she she went out to where yeah, she go to find them? them? Be like, oh, okay. Uh, you're going to show me what women's power is all about. You're all fired. We don't need you because guess what? We're going to have our seats filled regardless of whether you're here. They are, Now, don't get me wrong. You're a great sideshow and people are happy to, to watch you dance one gender more than the other, I'm sure. But people aren't buying tickets to go see the cheerleaders. They're buying tickets to go to the game. They're going to buy tickets regardless. And then you look at, uh, there was a news story that came out that said every McDonald's in the U.S. will have self-order kiosks by 2020. Oh, they're, there's, they're already all over the place. My neighborhood, McDonald's has them. I don't think that anyone should really feel like they are in a position to be demanding things from their employer when we're seeing... That everything is going to just be taken over by automation and technology. Oh yeah, you're absolutely right. And but they knew that they yeah. they knew that you know this this is risky. So what do you do in this day and age? You attach this somehow to the you know feminism movement. Women's movement. That's exactly what you do. I mean, so let's think of some some alternatives. So 
they could have like some sort of, you know, cheerleader AI robot come out. That's they could not very sexy though. If, uh, I don't I have how do you know? I I just can't imagine. Okay. Unless it's like they, Westworld or something could, like that. <laughs> they could <laughs> just show like they could pre-tape some women who want to do it for, you know, little pay and then go on and do something else. They could pre-tape it and show it on the monitor. I mean, think about it. Dallas Cowboy Stadium, you know how big that monitor is. Yeah. If you were watching the cheerleaders dance on the giant monitor and it wasn't they weren't actually on the field, they were they were just being it was just being played back. I, Sarah, Would you have a problem with that? I'm getting the distinct feeling that you don't value the cheerleaders as much as I do. <laughs> so I, it's I'm I you know I don't I want to respond mm-hmm. to some of these questions, but I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I kind of do pay attention to the cheerleaders a little uh, bit no, no, when no, I'm no. there. No, 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 of course, of course you do. What I'm saying is, if they weren't there, would you be like, I would be outraged. <laughs> I'd be Roger Goodell. See, I told I, hashtag me too. <laughs> Jason Buttrell. <laughs> Now, new, newly elected leader of the hashtag MeToo movement. I, I just called for more cheerleaders. I, that kind of goes counter to <laughs> to what you're trying to label, label me here. That's always the thing. Like, if your manhood's ever in, in jeopardy, you're like, yeah, cheerleaders. <laughs> you see those cheerleaders? No, my son, uh, <laughs> I took him to his first Cowboys game last season, and it was me, my son, and my dad. And we were very, we were low. We were very low. We were in the end zone. And every time the, cheer, every time the cheerleaders would come out. Was he turkey necking it? He, oh yes. Yes. He was yes. five, five years old and his mouth kind of dropped open. Oh, I and he love was it. Like, uh, I love it. Sweetheart, pick your jaw up off the floor. <laughs> and my it. dad goes, do you like the cheerleaders? And he was like, uh-huh. <laughs> Well, I have a boy. Yep. That's that's great. He's a boy. That's great. All right. We have been uh, talking for some time on this network about Dawn to Dusk from Brickhouse Nutrition, and they have a new product out you guys really have to try. It's called Field of Greens, and it has very quickly become their bestseller. So it is real food in powdered form. It is 100% organic, and every scoop gives you a full serving of fruits and vegetables. It's prebiotic, probiotic. Uh, It boosts immunity because... As you may or may not know, immunity starts in the gut. It has antioxidant power, and it's not an extract. Again, it is actually real food. You put one scoop in eight ounces of water or your favorite drink, and that's it. You're done. You've got your full serving of fruits and vegetables. It's that easy, and it tastes great. Uh, you can go to BrickHouseDoc.com. Try Field of Greens today, and you can get 10% off a month's supply with offer code DOC. That is BrickHouseDoc.com. Get healthier today. BrickHouseDoc.com. You are listening to the smooth sounds of the morning blaze with Doc Thompson. On the Blaze Radio Network! Thompson. Jason and I were talking off air about um, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. This and, story. Yeah, there's some new updates to this whole big convoluted story. Um, but I do want to say really quickly, I, I had mentioned this to Jason about the cheerleaders off air, and I forgot to say it on air, and then someone else said it, um, that 
or I guess confirmed it, that these cheerleaders are only, this is a part-time job. They've yeah. got, what, eight home games a year maybe that they yeah. cheer at, and then they've got, you know, some events here and there, but I don't, I don't think it's meant to be a full-time job. They don't yeah. work enough for it to be, so... Yeah, no, I, I agree. It always seemed like it was something you do when you're young, just when you want to have fun, you want to mm-hmm. get free travel. Build your, yeah, build your resume for maybe other things. Right, yeah, but... Stop I, exploiting women, Roger Goodell. See, that, well, that that's, and that's my thing. scumbag. That's where they went wrong. They shouldn't have claimed outrage. They should have just been like, everybody else that's making $7 and a quarter, they, yeah. they should have just been like, hey, can we get a little more money? Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Uh, okay, so what's going on with Debbie Wasserman Schultz? She is whew, she is hiding something big. This is the weirdest story. This yeah. Imran Awan, who was her IT aide, and then got busted for stealing servers, for unauthorized mm-hmm. access. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's just keep in mind, a lot of this started coming out literally days after... The, 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 I'm almost entering conspiracy theory mode right here, but okay. so just this that's a disclaimer. Okay, but, Alex Jones. But all, yeah, <laughs> the frog's going gay. <laughs> uh, but they uh, this literally came out a few days after the email dump to WikiLeaks, the DNC email dump to WikiLeaks. Mm-hmm. So just put that in the into the context. So now the Daily Caller has been all over this. Yes. What's what's the? Oh, I got to give a shout out to that. Luke Rosiak. He's like awesome. He's great. But anyway, so he's reporting now that sources are telling them that she was going around uh, Congress and she went up to House Chief Administrative Officer Phil Kiko and she called she cornered him and called him an effing Islamophobe Mm -hmm. and then told him that he will not so much as take away their parking spots. And so there's this more reports of she was just kind of like trying to do whatever she could to, to shut pr- down to prote- and to protect, and to protect, yeah, to protect them. them. Yeah. What? So that's the question is, why is she helping them? Why is she trying to sweep this under the rug? Does he have naked pictures of Debbie Washman Schultz that, or just something that, else? That was my. OK, first of all. <gasps> yeah, because if, they, if, she, if that's what it is, no one wants to see them. So you're fine. First of all, <laughs> let me just get that out of the way. Second of all. That honestly was my first thought because naked pictures. Yeah. That they were in some kind of (laughs) relate that they were in some kind of relationship. But then, I mean, you look at him and you look at her and you're like, no, it it is so much more than that. That wouldn't work. Um, Yeah. No, I think it's some like, I don't think that it just, whatever he has, I don't think just involves her. I think it involves probably other people as well as her. Oh, yeah. Uh, she probably was the ringleader to something, and now she's just in kind of, like, panic mode that her... I mean, it's it's her entire career would go down in flames, whatever it is. I mean, she, she was the head of the DNC at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was also uh, pimping this entire family out to, the, to everybody else, uh, so they had crazy access to information. Yeah. Then the silver gets stolen... Uh, the wit the email dump to WikiLeaks happens, and they were getting paid. This guy was getting paid a ridiculous amount of money. Ridiculous, like what was it like over twice mm-hmm. what anybody else yep. was getting paid? Yep. And then and yeah, and like and 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 the uh, the nepotism involved with that because literally like he had I think his brother that worked at McDonald's became a like a six figure IT aide. Yeah, he worked at McDonald's. Yeah. I mean, not 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 to say anything about people who work at McDonald's, but you typically don't <laughs> make a jump to there to like say brain surgery. You know, something yeah. like that, which is the, I don't I would not want someone who worked at McDonald's operating on my brain. Yeah. So, yes. and, unless they go to school for it, and then learn how that's a different story. Right. But not after flipping the fries or the or the, the meat and then instantly you start operating. Yeah. You know, there should be something in between there. Right. But anyway, but this, this story, we haven't heard a lot of the last of this. No one will report on it. 
but we haven't heard the last of it. It's it's insanely well, crazy. Well, the, the Daily Caller. The Daily Caller is uh, where you can hear it. What's the it? only place. Yeah, Luke, Rossi. Okay, so really, 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 really quick. What is your, really, what do you think she did? Well, I, I think that, I think that, that he does have, I think that they were siphoning information. I think that they, he, they do have, uh, I think there's going to be evidence that they, that they knew about it and he was using that as leverage against her. I think that's what that, that laptop that he left that said attorney-client privilege mm-hmm. and rep DWS, Debbie mm-hmm. Washman Schultz. Mm-hmm. I think that all goes back to her and she knows it and she's screwed. That's what I think. No naked pictures? I don't think so. I hope not. You Are you sure you hope not? Yes, I am you, you absolutely You want to see it. Positive. I know you want to see it. That's no, I don't. Jason wants to see Debbie, Debbie Wasserman Schultz Do not naked. hashtag it. Believe it or not, you are actually being informed. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. of common sense and comedy. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Hey, Sarah Gonzalez filling in for Doc Thompson here with Jason Buttrell. Doc is uh, back tomorrow. I know you guys have missed him dearly and um, are all excited for his return. Let's read some tweets really quickly. Hashtag what I learned today. Caitlin says, uh, naked photos of Debbie Wasserman Schultz equals the cheap man's ridiazone. <laughs> equals what? The cheap man's ridiazone. No more cravings <laughs> ever for anything. That's great. <laughs> it's a great diet plan. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, Hole says, at first, I felt sorry for the cheerleaders. Then I saw they hired Gloria Allred. Now they I say not. goodbye. Yes, that's who who is representing them. Oh my gosh! I now retract I everything in support. I said to all NFL cheerleaders. Hilarious. I mean, really? Like we they don't we don't need you. You're just a nice little side attraction. That that was like I remember when the was that one of the first Roy Moore accusers came out mm-hmm. and also uh, had uh, hired Gloria Allred. I mean, why do that? Yeah. If your case is already so strong. Right, right. You don't don't hire her. Gloria yeah. Allred. Yeah. Because instantly we start thinking, okay, mm-hmm. what's the angle here? What's yep. what's off with this? Yep. Instantly. Uh, <laughs> Russ says, naked pics of Debbie Wasserman Schultz in the wrong hands could be the greatest terrorist threat that mankind has not yet even comprehended. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. So speaking of, uh, you know. We've got Jason here, who, of course, is a big time feminist, uh, (laughs) very, very into the Me Too movement. Uh, Jason, you were very pleasantly (laughs) surprised to hear that Miss America is not going to be judged on beauty anymore. They're going to be judged on. I, I still am unclear, but not definitely not. Is she hot? Are you, yeah, what's confusing over, you know, having a beauty contest, but not judging beauty? What, how is that confusing? I, I mean, well, <laughs> for starters, 
it's supposed to be about the looks. I mean, it's it's that's definitely a part of it. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's a huge part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. I mean, the Miss America is about the total package, right? right. Like smart, well, right, yeah. talented, beautiful, everything. And that's the thing is that it was never just. I mean, we don't even really care if she can speak as long as she's got a great rack. You know, I mean, it was never it was never that bad. So I don't really see what the problem was. They had to have a talent. They're like, okay, so she's hot and she can twirl a baton and she can carry a conversation. You're in. And now uh, no more swimsuits, no more evening gowns, which I'm personally pissed about because I liked to look at the evening gowns. Are they going to be wearing like a, a Hillary Clinton pantsuit? Is that I mean, is that what's going on? Probably. Probably. I mean, you're just you're guaranteeing that no one's ever going to watch this thing. Yeah. So the, the remaining 5 viewers who were still watching probably going to tune out. I I I confess to like I wouldn't I would if I stumbled across this while channel surfing, I would watch it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if I okay, there's two things that I would tune in for. Swimsuit contest, mm-hmm. that's a guaranteed. If mm-hmm. I knew that was happening, I would watch. Um, and the second one, the Jason question... sets it up on his DVR. The, yeah. <laughs> just that one segment. Yeah. But in the second segment would be the question answer period, because that can just... That's like train wreck TV yeah, in motion. Is. Especially yeah. that, the one from a few years ago. Yeah. I personally believe... Oh, uh, where's Pat when you need him? I know. Uh, I he know. was saying this yesterday. Uh, yeah, the, the geography... Like yeah. the Iraq yeah. Yeah. and, and everywhere and everywhere like such as <laughs> yes, such as so great. <laughs> like I, you love that. I mean, so I mean that, that's and that's a small you know percentage. We of, like to the watch answers, the but, dumpster fire yeah. that is the beauty pageant. Yeah, I, that I, was the beauty pageant. But it's great. You know, you yeah. got to watch that. But even still, it's just, it's stupid. Like, what are they going to do now? Like, this is basically going to turn into a spelling bee, you yeah. know, or something like that. Well, yeah. So uh, they will apparently. All of the contestants will be asked to demonstrate their passion, intelligence, and overall understanding of the job of Miss America. And I bet you're really excited that the contestants will also discuss how they will advance their chosen causes called social impact initiatives by the Miss America organization. So this is going to be a big social justice thing, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't wait for the oh. next Miss America. Can't oh. wait. I I mean, Must watch gun TV. reform? Yes, please. <laughs> uh, more, uh, you know, transgender outreach? Yes, please. Bring it on. Right? Right? Explain transgenderism and use it in a sentence and <laughs> can you spell it? What is the origin <laughs> of transgender? I mean, Ugh. it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. So, um, I, I mean, I feel for Gretchen, what, Carl, Carlson? Gretchen Carlson? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I do feel for her because I know that she was involved in some sexual harassment stuff with Roger Ailes when she was at Fox News. But that doesn't mean you got to ruin this competition for the rest of us. It's like, can we not just appreciate beauty anymore? Mm. We're not allowed to now. Mm. I mean, these females are signing up to come and, and do this. So it's not like they're being demoralized or something yeah, and demeaned. Why does it have to be? And I think we're going to hit this story later, like mm-hmm. saying like it's it's bad to acknowledge masculinity in a man. Why is it bad to acknowledge that women are beautiful? I, I don't understand that. It's like it's not creepy. Right. Why are they all of a sudden like some men are creepy with it. Right. But it's not creepy. Like right. when I walked in this morning, I was like, Sarah, you look nice today. Yeah. That's not creepy, and you know that's not creepy. Yeah. But why? Like, but some people would instantly in this day and age take that to a to a creepy to a creepy way. 
Why, why in this case, why mm-hmm. is just acknowledging that yes, these women are beautiful? Why is that? Why is that detrimental to women in society today? I don't. I don't understand that. Because women in society, I guess, are super insecure about their own personal looks. So if they hear it being said to other people, maybe they just they can't handle it. They want it. They want to be. They can't stand being excluded. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I can't make sense of it. But you you brought up something that uh, you know it's not <laughs> you saying, "Hey, Sarah, you look nice today," uh, isn't creepy. But. Something interesting that I would like to point out really quickly, and I'm going to totally derail the conversation, uh, (laughs) is it really is interesting that it truly, with a lot of sexual harassment cases, comes down to, again, you guys with your, is she hot? Is he hot? Because suddenly a man saying, you know, like, hey, I really like those pants on you. (laughs) super creepy if you don't like the guy and you don't find him attractive you're like oh gross but you can't say that though you agree that with that right what i like the way those pants look on you that's that's creepy right um so i'm trying to think of someone so like if robert downey jr said that to me i mean i wouldn't be creeped out by it that a little different but someone of it work right it would work. No, no, some somebody like up at work. Oh, 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 at work or something like that. Like, uh, I mean, have you met Jeffy or Chris? Chris? <laughs> I guess we give them a pass. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard way worse. Oh, that's just them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I. Okay, you want me to use a different a different example? Yeah, use a different one. So, if someone says, um, "You look really pretty today," what about that? That seems. Perfectly in bounds, in my okay. in my opinion. Right, but if the woman didn't like the guy, or just found him to be somewhat attractive, or annoying, or whatever, she just didn't. She just decided she didn't like him. She she this is this is what I've seen. I'm not saying I do it. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm saying it's it's ridiculous, and I think it's BS. But I do think that women use that kind of you know power for what it's worth to be like. Uh, if I don't like him, I'm going to go say it's sexual harassment. But if I find him to be attractive, I'll welcome it. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? No, no, it is. I, it's funny. I, I've noticed my wife, like, she she gets ticked off. Like, she she hates going to the gym now because everyone makes a comment. Yeah. Um, But it's funny, like, out and out and around, even when I'm there, like, sometimes people will say, hey, you look, re- you, you look really pretty, you know, mm-hmm. like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she'll roll her eyes and get annoyed. Like, she's at that point. Really? But... If someone looks slightly attractive, uh-huh. she doesn't have the same reaction. Uh-huh. You're like, oh, she gets okay. she gets red and kind of <laughs> smiles and turns and see if I noticed. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> you didn't get annoyed and pissed off and go, I hate men. You know, like, oh, really interesting. There's, so there's a difference. Really funny. <laughs> it never, it's not something that ever bothered me. Um, that, like, okay, so for instance, I was at the grocery store a couple years ago and I was wearing, you know, my typical mom outfit with my yoga pants. And there was a guy who worked there who, it actually, when you think about it, it was really creepy, but it didn't really bother me at the time because I guess I'm just not easily offended. But he goes, Do you work out? <laughs> and I was just like, I, I mean, yes, sometimes. And he was like, I can tell. I know. <laughs> in my yoga pants and I was just like 
thanks. <laughs> and then I walked away. But I mean, I wasn't, it didn't bother me. I wasn't offended by it. I mean, I think that anytime someone, you know, compliments you, you should feel flattered as long as it's not derogatory. You know, I mean, obviously there's a line, but why can't we just accept we can, we need to accept that beauty is okay. Like it's, it's okay for things, people, whatever to be beautiful. And in some cases, you know, more, some, some people find some piece of art more beautiful than another piece of art, right? It's, yeah. It's, why, why can't it be the same thing? And I'm not saying there's one clear cut, like, oh, you have to be skinny and blonde and all of these things to be more beautiful. I'm just saying, like, I mean, people can prefer different things and find a woman beautiful and, like, that's okay. There's this, there's okay. this weird thing, and, and the uh, th- this Miss America pageant thing is it just really personifies it. But there's this thing that, like, Again, we, we can't acknowledge, you know, what makes men men. We mm-hmm. can't acknowledge that what's inherently different between men and women. We have to somehow blend the two together, you know, and right. I don't know if it's because of this whole like, you know, gender, you know, bull, yeah. you know, that's been throwing around that. Oh, no, we're all really the same. Right. You know, that, right. that there's there's no difference there. Right. Maybe it makes it easier for you to make that case. Yeah. If you don't acknowledge that men and women are different. Mm-hmm. I, I, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. But it's really interesting. I mean, it's it's getting worse. You keep seeing this bleed off into other things, and this yep. is the the pageant is just another tragic downfall for that. I guess yep. very tragic. No more swimsuits. That's I'll be I'll be really interested to see. I think it, it's September that is coming. I'll be really interested to see what they wear. Pantsuits is like the only thing I can think Pantsuits of. Pantsuits are like they're still going to sex it up though, right? So I, they're going to find a way to sex it up. Well, you know what? The ones who do are probably going to be reprimanded because how dare you try to look sexy? You think so? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then like the ones who are a little bit, you know, not so easy on the eyes are going to be like, that's not fair. She's showing her abs. (laughs) That's not I should get a handicap, some kind of handicap point. Because she shouldn't be able to show her abs. I just want to eat ice cream. (laughs) Get out of here. Patriot Mobile. There are so many people here in the studio who use Patriot Mobile. It is the only conservative cell phone company in the nation that stands for your values. They represent you, not some liberal cause like all of the other cell phone companies. They're giving all of this money away. Uh, they're giving your money that you pay in your bill to liberal causes that you don't even, you know, you don't even like. But Patriot Mobile is not like that. They support vital organizations and provide reliable nationwide coverage on unlimited plans starting at only $20 a month. Uh, This month, you can save big and get the iPhone 6S for only $6 a month. That is crazy. These fantastic smartphones are at a great value. Fraction of the cost. Get yours today while supplies last. It is 1-800-APATRIOT. Or visit patriotmobile.com slash doc. That's patriotmobile.com slash doc or 1-800-APATRIOT. Switch now and make conservative change happen every time you use your cell phone. Speak your mind. 888-900-3393. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network.
Just in case you haven't heard, we are the number seven ranked show among Filipino tilt-a-roll operators. So, there you have it. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. All right, Jason. Yes, ma'am. Uh, we were just talking about how crazy the UK is really... They're, they're at unprecedented, insane level of crazy. I don't know what, what's going on with them. I uh, I really don't. I mean, bet- between all the, like, knife stuff that happened just a few, well, you know, like a month ago or so or whatever, mm-hmm. I mean, that's still ongoing. Mm-hmm. And they started banning people that were carrying screwdrivers and yeah. all that stuff. Like, it, it, I mean, it, God forbid you're a construction worker. Did they? Right. Exactly. I mean... It, if they did they mean to show how crazy banning the object of violence is versus the people that do it, you know, like addressing that or the, the underlying issues? Did they mean to uh, make a point on that on how stupid it is? No. I mean, no, because they're doing that inadvertently. Yeah. I mean, well, you I mean, sure. But really quickly before we get into that, it's like, OK, you and I can say, sure, that's true. They are showing us how stupid it is. But we see the Democrats in the United States, the liberal left, they're pushing for the same damn things that the UK already did that didn't work. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess they're they're proving a point to us sane people, but a lot of it is lost on uh, the liberal left. Uh, And it goes even beyond that. It's like, it's really weird. It's kind of strange. It's like kind of as the UK goes, a lot of the social issues and a lot of like political issues we'll start talking about a few years later. Yes. The uh, socialized health care. Yep. You know, they were one of the first ones. I mean, the, the National Health Service is the crown jewel mm-hmm. of what progressives here in the United States want to pull off. The crown jewel. Um, just Google the National Health Service. You'll get about a gazillion pages worth of negative, you know, feedback. I get so enraged when I hear someone cite NHS and the UK healthcare system. Well, they're doing it in the UK, and it sucks. No, they're not. Yeah, like they're not. I mean, yeah. If you if you sit, define doing it as you know, uh, letting people die waiting for treatment, and you know, there's long waits, and they don't get. You know, you, someone could die of cancer at home because they're still waiting to be seen by the NHS. Sure, if you think that killing your own people and having death panels uh, is is somehow doing it. Doing it right. Okay, sure. Yeah. No, they're doing it. Cool. I would prefer to like not uh, have a loss of quality of care. But hey, what do I know? You want a concept of what this is like? Go to the DMV. You know, yeah. like, is that an enjoyable experience? Right. No, it's not. Right. You want another example of what that is? Uh, any, all the veterans out there listening. I, I would not, when I was in the Marines, I would not want to go to a, a, a hospital on base. I would not want to do it. Mm-hmm. People don't want to do it. Seriously, mm-hmm. it is the worst, absolute worst. And I don't even know why veterans still go to ve- like, a, like veterans hospitals after they get out. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. That's a whole nother tangent. But I still can't <laughs> understand how we have left that up to the government to care for our veterans. I, yeah. I cannot understand that. I don't know why there hasn't been a private company that has come out and said, you know what? You guys have screwed this up. I'm taking it from here. Mm-hmm. Gotten a bunch of donors and come up with their own system to, to uh, care for uh, veterans when they get out. I don't understand how that has not happened. Million how has that not happened? Right there, Jason. It's, it's, it is. If anyone's listening right now, knows a donor, call me up, tweet me, whatever. <laughs> we'll get this going. We're this taking that to Shark Tank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but back to the UK. So this story came out in Daily Mail yesterday. And by the way, Daily Mail cracks me up because of all the like, 
like racy scandalous very stories on the side. Very sensational. But like they have all these like there's there's this like picture this story on Iggy Azalea, you know, like all donned out in her bikini. Mm-hmm. Like I fully support like so, checking out that story yeah, right now. Yeah, so J- so Jason's completely lost his train of thought <laughs> on what we were going to talk about. What, in the UK. Were we talking about cheerleaders and swimsuit <laughs> contests? Oh, okay. So yeah, the UK. Um, Hashtag me too. So, <laughs> so there was this uh, story came out about this um, Buckingham Palace tourist guide, fifty year old, fifty two year old man, and he was just caught with more than fifteen thousand child sex abuse pictures, including yeah, some really. of eighteen month old babies. <gasps> eighteen month old oh, babies. Okay? Fry him. Child fry porn. Him. That's fry what you would him. think. Oh, that's what you would think. Now, how long do you think? What do you think his jail sentence was? Actually, no. Before you guess, what 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 is the what was the what would be the proper sentencing for that? Uh, Besides the death penalty. Besides the death penalty. Like, what would be the proper uh, penalty for that? I mean, life without parole. Like exactly, like a life sentence. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, child porn for crying out loud. Well, yeah, with that's, babies and that ma- that much of it. 15,000 much of it. You don't want that person in society. That person does not deserve to be walking amongst everyone else. The no. absolute definition 18 months. Oh, my gosh. No. So he got nine months. Shut up. In jail. Nine months. Shut up. I am dead serious. <gasps> now, this is what this is. So this is so that right there is insane. So let, let me put that into context of what happened with the activist uh, Tommy Robinson. Hold on. Uh, just Nine like months. I can't get over this. Hold on. I know. Nine months. So the amount of time it would take for a woman to become pregnant and have a child that he would then go and seek out to get dirty pictures of. Yeah. Nine months. Yep. That's it. That's it. That is sick. It's awful. It really is. So you're going to freak out even more. So Tommy Robinson, uh, I think it was like a week or two ago. He's an activist that like he's been calling out uh, like some of these like because of their immigration they've got massive floods of uh, Muslim migrants from North from Africa from Middle East and not all of them are bad but a, but a, but a very large uh, percentage of them don't care about a Western way of life they don't mm-hmm. care about they don't even see a Western woman as a human being they yeah. just don't yeah so they have these like rape gangs that will go around and they'll take this is what they call it they call it grooming. That's what the UK calls it, grooming gangs. Now, basically what that is, is they're going and finding kids. They're taking them and they're using them as sex slaves. That's what the UK has spun to call grooming. Lovely. They're taking children to be sex slaves. That's That's what they're doing. Now, Tommy Robinson, it's been kind of like his crusade to to point all this stuff out. Mm -hmm. He founded the English Defense League, um, which he had to abandon because it was starting to attract like neo-Nazis and like really violent people. Mm -hmm. So to his credit... Uh, he disassociated with them and tried to start another group. Yeah. The, the problem is, is that he himself is very like outspoken and he can jump to violence. Yeah. Himself. Yeah. But he is not one of these like hardcore crazy bad guys. Right. He, he's just he's so sick of it that he does attract some of these like violent people. Okay. So anyway, so he was filming basically the perp walk of one of these Muslim rape gangs mm-hmm. going into a courthouse mm-hmm. or coming out of the courthouse or whatever, and he was reporting on it. Instantly, the cops surrounded him. Instantly. They surrounded him. They um, put him in jail. And within hours, within hours, they handed him a sentence for reporting on this Muslim rape gang. Now, take a guess what his sentence was. Take a guess. Uh, Six months? 13 
months in Shut jail up. for Shut reporting up. on this Muslim rape gang, for bringing this to light, for bringing it to light. Oh, my gosh. And the other guy. Nine. That's uh, nine. Nine. Nine months. For having 15,000 child porn pictures, including 18-month-old babies. And Tommy Robinson over here is trying to, like, sh- sh- spread awareness on sex trafficking. And he gets penalized for that. This is absolutely insane. Wow. Absolutely insane. UK wow. is lost. They are wow. just lost. I cannot believe our cousins are going down this path. I cannot believe this. They're trying to cover up open border policies. That's what it's about. They mm-hmm. want to cover that mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing that would happen here. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same. I mean, it's the same thing. Like, literally, if, if, if the president calls out MS-13, yeah. if he calls them out, the media tries to spin it yep. so it doesn't look like, you know, that, that, that their issue with open border policies is a big deal. Yep. They try to spin it so it's not. Yep. So it's the exact same thing. Look, just imagine if... During these uh, midterm elections, mm-hmm. let's say the, the Democrats take control of the, the House and Senate. What if that happened? I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. But well, let's say it did. Yeah. And then they take the presidency. Yeah. What will our border policies look like after that? Mm-hmm. How will the media spin that afterwards? Mm-mm-mm. Look to the UK, ladies and gentlemen, because that's what we're going towards. Yay. Well, on that note, let's talk about TAC Pack. <laughs> uh, below is, well, here, here let me give you the, uh, the sizzle. For the July Tack Pack, huge box value, $130 uh, dollar value for $49.95. You guys, this is huge for gun owners. If you guys want, uh, it's like the, a little uh, gift box, treats every month. Uh, and you can go to TACPAC.com. Sign up today, $49.95. You can cancel at any time. Sign up today, TACPAC.com. With Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. Okay, I I have to bring this up because it was just brought to our attention by Robert, one of the directors here, that you know Jason was saying just watch because it starts happening in the UK and it trickles down, which you know we do always see. Uh, by the way, yes, for those of you online, I am wearing a blanket now because it's freezing cold in here. <laughs> um. A California man, 79 years old, sexually assaulted a five-year-old girl. And he, you know, apparently that's, a, that's he's 79, right? So he's old. 90 days uh, in jail and five years of probation. But he also can serve his sentence under house arrest. And he's not—he's not required to register as a sex offender. There's just so many things that are wrong. The ninety days. There's ninety a, there's days, an issue and with that. he can—and it can be just under house arrest. He's in this upscale gated community. Must be nice for this man to assault a five-year-old girl and be like, "Yeah, I know I did it, but I think I'm just gonna do the ninety days in my house with all of my uh, nice things." This went down in Stockton, California. 
which they're, they've also made plans to implement a uh, uh, guaranteed income. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is probably one of the, this is like ground zero for progressivism. Uh, well, actually, the entire state is. But, I mean, there's this, uh, this thing disgusting. in the progressive movement to where, regardless of the crime, I, I, I don't understand it. Like, regardless of the crime, they're just letting people do whatever the heck they want to do well, with it, no consequence well, whatsoever. And it appears, I mean, uh, my assumption would be that because he's older, I don't know, because he's 79. Who cares? Apparently he was, you know, he was feeling young enough that he could sexually assault a five-year-old girl. I'm sorry. Why should he not get the book thrown at him? This is 90 insane. days of house arrest and he's not even required to register as a sex offender. Please. This is outrageous. Oh, my gosh. California, please break off already and (laughs) fall into the ocean. Please. I am so sick of it. Uh, So earlier, Jason was talking about, you know, if we we need to be careful who we elect to represent us in these upcoming midterms. And we do have a guest that we're going to speak with now who is running for Congress. Uh, We have Shannon Pierce with us, who is a Republican candidate for Congress in South Carolina District 4. Hey, Shannon, how are you? Good morning. I'm great. Thanks. How are you guys doing? We are doing great. So, uh, Shannon, I don't want to really get into, you know, kind of who you're running against or anything like that. I want to focus on you. Um, I want to focus on, you know, what what are the issues that are important to you and what what can you bring to the table, um, you know, in South Carolina? Absolutely. Well, I guess folks are looking at our race uh, across the nation because I'm actually running for Trey Gowdy's seat. And, when, and it was actually before Congressman Gowdy announced he wasn't running. His former chief of staff reached out to me and asked if I'd ever considered politics, to which my visceral response was, um, hell no. And <laughs> I, I, I meant it. I never have considered it. Um, background is um, I'm a nurse, uh, entrepreneur. I patented a technology and started a healthcare technology company and have created um, jobs. And uh, But just have always been very results-oriented. Wow. Any milestone I've ever set out to achieve, I've done it on time under budget, and I love our district. So when when it was kind of spelled out to me as why they thought that I'd be a good candidate, and my youngest child is 19 now. I have the same energy I did when I was 19. (laughs) It was really with um, like fear and trembling, but a lot of diligence. I recognized I'm actually at a place in my life where where I can do it, and probably running for Congress in the House of Representatives is the only elected role that I would run for, because I think more than anything, that's supposed to be people that work and live in the community, that really know what it's like to work with businesses, organizations, family, focused on school, but then to represent your district in D.C. And because of some of the policy work I've done in D.C. on healthcare and technology, Mm -hmm. I'm not naive to how that works, but I've also been very successful in building coalitions, and I've never been offended by someone who thinks differently than me. Mm -hmm. And as a nurse, when you're, like, saving lives, you never ask your patients, hey, what's your political affiliation? Or you don't ask your doctors what they think. And now that I'm in business, I don't ask people in business, you know, their political um, thoughts. I want to know what results we're trying to achieve and and see how to achieve them. So I I guess that's why I know I could do the job well. And then with the president that we have now, regardless of politics, I don't think anybody can deny that he is shaking stuff up. Mm -hmm. And this midterm election, more than anything, I think he needs other people that are willing to shake stuff up and question the establishment, not just for the sake of questioning the establishment, but just questioning the status quo to 
to see what are we trying to achieve, how are we going to measure that, what resources do we have on hand, and, um, okay, let, let's make it work, and then just accountability. So that's I, I'm excited about it, and I'm excited about the opportunity to do it. And I know you said you didn't want to talk about um, the opponents, and I wouldn't do that uh, to say anything wrong, but just to say something that's that's incredibly unique is there are 18 people running for this seat. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. Um, there's 12 of us running um, as Republicans. I'm the only female, but that's not what makes me different. There's other things that set me apart. Um, there's five that are running um, as Democrats and one that's running for the American Party, which is this kind of an independent, super nice guy. So it's 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 been very interesting for me. And I didn't file until March 27th. So I, I've done everything wrong. But in, <laughs> in life, anything I've ever done, people tell me you can't do it that way or you're doing it backwards. And, and it's worked. So I'm, I'm loving it. Shannon, one thing that sets you apart is I'm is looking through your background and your your background in the, uh, the, the healthcare care uh, system. And um, and especially as a nurse and, and your current company, I, it seems like now is like one of the most pivotal times over the next two to four years on just some change that will happen uh, with healthcare. And I'm just curious, have you as you set back, you know, as one of us, uh, you know, and looked at, you know, the, the, all the different like legislation that's been propo- been proposed and and all the different questions like is there have you thought about like once if you do get into congress like what are some of some of the things that you think could fix this what what is some of the um, types of legislation that you'll like push towards that you know well is it a full-on repeal is it like some kind of replace so what what are you looking at to uh, support there yeah well um Thank you for asking this. So um, healthcare is something that I'm passionate about, and the same solutions in my approach to healthcare, it works with education, it works with military, it works with small business, because it's really looking at, okay, what are we trying to achieve? Mm-hmm. Who's involved? What resources do we have on hand? And then kind of how does that work, and, how, and then how do you hold people accountable? So the company that I started, I started with the patient, and I looked at the patient, and what does the patient need, and how do you engage the patient? And then I looked at the people around the patient, like the physicians, the nurses, housekeepers, social work. Then I learned at the hospital before I considered the payer. And by doing that, I had a win, 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 win when everyone told me I couldn't do it that way. So it turns out that the patients had great outcomes. It helped to coordinate care. But then it's the insurance companies that pay us a lot of money for our solutions because what I recognized is that if you really start like with the patient or the student or the soldier in mind Mm -hmm. and you work from the inside out, you can accomplish so much more with less and in healthcare, it doesn't matter if it's private insurance, if it's the VA, if it's Medicare, Medicaid, about 31 cents of every dollar goes to administrative fees that never make it to the hospital, the patient, or the provider. And there's a whole lot in Washington that's broken and, and reasons as to why. But when I started working in D.C., I guess a few years ago, looking at stuff, um, I started to ask the question about what, where's the health care committee? Because as I'm sure that your listeners know, the decisions and the power in Washington, it, it comes from the, being on the committee, so for the House and the representative. Right. But you might find it interesting to know in all of the House and all of the Senate, there's not one one health care committee. Hmm. And I started asking that question a few years ago, but when I was preparing for my first debate, I was telling folks that they didn't believe me, they were Googling. And um, a good friend and someone that has um, endorsed me was former Secretary of Health and Human Services, Mike Levitt. And I met him when he was Secretary, three-time Governor of Utah before then. But I texted him, and I was like, am I right? Like, there's no health care 
committee? And he said, yeah, there's not. And I'm like, well, where do those decisions happen? And so think about that. 20% of our GDP, think about ACA and all that went into those 1,200 pages that mm-hmm. nobody read. And then mm-hmm. think about the Republican Congress not being ready to repeal it when it happened. It's because there's no committee. There's no responsibility. There's no accountability. And I said, well, where do those decisions happen? And it's buried into a subcommittee on ways and means or a subcommittee under energy and commerce. So I don't purport to say as a freshman congressperson that I'm going to start a committee and I'm going to head it, but I can certainly say that I'm going to try and draft it out and at least ask these questions because I don't know how people think that anything's going to get done without the accountability and somebody that's being held responsible for for turning out real solutions. Yeah. Uh, I see that you are, uh, one of your platforms is Strong National Security. And uh, I'm just curious, um, are you in favor of the wall? Is that something that you think that, you know, should be done? Or do you have any other kind of uh, proposal for how to uh, make sure that, you know, we're protecting our borders? Yeah, I just don't know how you have a sovereign country without borders. And I don't think that a wall should be like offensive or judgmental. I actually was in Israel when Trump was elected president and talking to people there and they're like, how do you have a country without a wall, right? right. I recognize that Israel's different, but that, that shouldn't be offensive. So I, and two, I, it's important that people that want to live here and they want to contribute and they want to have the American dream, that there's a pathway for them to do it that's clear. So you can't do that unless you establish clear borders and a wall right away. And that can be a wall, that can be drones, that can be a fence, that can be boats, whatever's necessary to ensure that it's people that want to contribute and that want to do good that are coming in and we're keeping people out that want to attack us and do us harm. So for me, if people want to come and work, yes, let's allow them to have work permits. And what I think is so difficult and what would be hard for me is if I wanted to experience the American dream and I want to become a citizen, I don't know if that's going to take me five years and Mm -hmm. $5,000 or 20 years and $50,000. And for some people, it depends on the attorney or how it happens. So I, I think we can do better for people that want to contribute and make a clear pathway. And then I think it was Ronald Reagan who said that he wanted a wall, but a wall with gates. So I I think it's important that the first thing we do is establish a wall or a border or a way for us to know exactly who's coming in, who's coming out. I think that E-Verify is great so that we know who's here. I can't, you know, get on an airplane. You guys can't check into a hotel without ID. I have no problem with that for folks so that we know what your intentions are. And, And then once we have that established, I think we can look at pathways to legal citizenship for people. Shannon, you mentioned uh, Trey Gowdy, and those are some big shoes to fill, by the way. <laughs> um, I uh, I love Trey Gowdy, and I remember just when he was announcing that he was uh, retiring, I, I just got the sense that he was just kind of like, you know, just kind of like fed up. You know, I, I got you get that, like, it seems like there's record amounts of Republicans that are, that are you know, getting out of Dodge. And I'm just curious if, uh, A, do you, do you know what you're getting into? <laughs> and B, uh, do you, do you kind of get that sense or are, are you a little bit apprehensive of, you know, kind of like the, uh, the, the climate, you know, the environment that you're, that you're entering into? Yeah, I'm, I'm probably more aware than most. I live, I believe, best country, best state, and best district in the best state. So Greenville-Spartanburg, if you haven't been here, our upstate is a perfect place to live. Yeah. 
So Washington, D.C. is a dark, kind of gross, sick. It's more like a caricature of a city to me. <laughs> um, and I, I don't mean that disrespectfully, but it's the place where you kind of like people watch and think, are these people? And they take it really seriously. So um, I, I know that that's not real. I know that it's the places that we come home to as representatives that are. But because I've been there enough, and, and the company that I started, I travel a good bit and um, and used to getting stuff done and, and being effective. So that part I look forward to. But I did meet with Congress McGowdy in February before I decided to file. And um, he was very kind, and he allowed me to spend time with his staff the next day. I went to a committee hearing. I literally was thinking, this is where I would work. This is where I would run. This is where I would stay three days a week. Yeah. But when I talked to him, my first question was, who are you going to vote for in the primary? Because at that time, there, there were a lot of names that were already out there. And he, he told me he didn't know. But if he had told me, I'm going to vote for, you know, Joe Blow, I would not have put my name in. I would have gone back and I would have met Joe Blow and I would have figured out how to support that candidate. But he just said he, he wasn't sure yet. He did tell me that he didn't feel like he'd accomplished anything in the time he'd been there. And as his <laughs> constituent, I kind of begged to differ. But I can kind of see where he's coming from. If you're a prosecutor and you're used to getting stuff done, like I would be as a critical care nurse or an entrepreneur, and then you get to a place in the House, the last 12 bills that they passed, and think about how much work goes into that, only to percent of what gets started actually gets passed yeah, through. Yeah. Are they still sitting at the Senate and the Senate hasn't looked for it for the last year? Yeah. So if you think about your life's work and what you're doing and it's not happening, and he said, Shannon, if I'm this miserable now, what if we're the minority? So first of all, I don't think we're going to be the minority. I think people are, are going to continue to kind of change what's happening when you look at the results in 500 days. But even if we are, and this is what I told him, is I know I would be here every day. I know I'd be the first one here. I know I'd read stuff. I'd have smart people. And I know that when you're one of 435 votes, that your vote counts. Mm-hmm. You know, And yeah. I, I take it seriously. So I, I, I know that it's going to be a challenging place. I'll probably age 10 years and two. <laughs> but life, life is short. I'm one of four, but my three younger brothers all died before they were 30 from a rare genetic kidney disease. Wow. And um, it, there was any any breath that I had after 30, I considered borrowed time. Yeah. And I know I'm going to see them again one day. And I wanted to say, nice try, sis. And so it would have been easy for me to say, no, I'm not doing this. I'm going to spend spring break at the beach. If I wasn't talking to you guys right now, I'd be paddle boarding with my dog. <laughs> and I, I don't get to do any of that stuff right now. Yeah. But I realize I have, you know, all of all of heaven to do that stuff. Right, so while I'm right. here, I want to get used used up and, and out there. And can well, I say something about mental health, too? Uh, really quickly. Sure. And, and unity. That's the thing. I have a son who said, Mom, people need to know that you're about pulling people together, regardless if you're pro-gun, anti-gun, pro-life, uh, uh, pro-choice, that you can always find something that people have. But all of this gun talk and all of the stuff that happens. We have a perfectly written constitution, or flawlessly, that I, I believe in upholding our amendments, but I think that we have a mental health problem that's disguised as a gun problem. And, yeah, uh, my, absolutely. Uh, yeah, can, my, can, you, can you tell everyone where to uh, find your, your website if they want to get involved? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, it's great. an easy one. VoteForShannon.com Okay, awesome. VoteForShannon.com Shannon, thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck. Thank you for having me. Okay. Bye. Uh, So Genesis 950, if you're like me and uh, you love cats and you own them (laughs) and keep bringing them in, you may be concerned about pet odors. Well, 
you're in luck because Genesis 950 is amazing for pet stains and pet odors. It is also a household concentrate that cleans your entire house. Uh, it is it the best paint, pet stain remover. It can clean floors, engines, grills, clothing. It just kind of does it all. And the best part about it for me is that it's green. So it does all of this without leaving behind harmful chemicals or dangerous toxins. It's safe for everyone in your family. One gallon of Genesis 950 can make up to seven gallons of finished product. Uh, And obviously, if you think about it, it is way less expensive to use Genesis 950 than it is to, say, replace all your carpets. Yeah, not something you want to be doing. It safely removes grease, grime, soot, ink, tar, vegetable oils, and... Insect residue. Gross. Get that off. Genesis 950 is available at Genesis950.com. You can use promo code Blaze for a discount. You can also get a free spray bottle with the order of a one-gallon bottle at Genesis950.com. That is Genesis950.com, promo code Blaze. You're waking up to the morning Blaze with Doc Thompson, part of Generation Blaze, only on the Blaze Radio Network. appropriation yes please this is the morning blaze no cultural appropriation is not a thing stop it all right hashtag what i learned today still single sleeve mojo 50 when a dirty old man assaults a five-year-old girl and isn't castrated there is no justice (laughs) amen the c42 says let's just give california back to mexico i mean I'm fine with wherever they go and whoever takes them as long as we don't need to, you know, we don't have to be bothered by them. Agreed. I'm totally fine with that. Gamma Knight says, uh, would I date a crazy progressive? Depends on how hot she is. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) But is she hot? (laughs) Uh, Speaking Duck disagrees with you, Jason. Trey Gowdy was all loud talk and no action at all. He interrogated very well. And then... Did nothing. The only thing that d- disappointed me about Trey was real recently about the Spygate stuff. I, I, I didn't really agree with his. It seemed like he punted on that for some weird reason. I just mm-hmm. had a completely different take on that. But I don't know. Every every He was the only one that asked, just like you said, uh, he was a great interrogator. He was the only one that would ask actual legitimate questions, like he, you yeah. know, during the Hillary email stuff and yeah. all that. Yeah. Like, I loved him as a litigator. Maybe he's just better. I mean, I, I I will concede your point there. Maybe he's just a better prosecutor than right. he is, a, you know, a, you know, a congressman. Right. And it's very possible. So yeah. maybe I just like him as a better prose- as a prosecutor, and that's what he's moving on to. Yeah, yeah. We were looking at AP, <laughs> and it just broke. I guess an hour ago, there's an AP news break: secret Obama era license let Iran tap dollars. So apparently, from what AP is saying, the Obama administration secretly sought to give uh, Iran access to the U.S. financial system by sidestepping the the Iran deal sanctions. Even though it told Congress, I know. Hold on, hold on. Make sure you're sitting down. It appears that Obama may have done something that he claims that he didn't do. It appears <laughs> that there was some sort of secret activity going on in the White House. We are just are now... You shocked? I, oh, Put I on know. your shocked oh, face. So shocked. <gasps> oh, that's a good one. I just did it. <laughs> um, 
Um, so if you, we are just now, we're not even scratching the surface. Oh, yeah. of, of some of this stuff. Oh, the, yeah. The the links that they went to 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 appease Iran to get this deal pushed through. Yep. All for for Obama's legacy. Yep. All for his legacy. Yep. There's that story real recently how they they were uh, letting Hezbollah get away with. All this this huge money laundering scheme. Yeah. And they like shut down, was it a, the Department of Homeland Security or FBI mm-hmm. investigation? Mm-hmm. Uh, basically because Iran was getting pissed off that we were looking into it? Yeah. I mean, this is insane. Yeah. So it was apparently a report by the Senate Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations. And they said that under Obama, the Treasury Department issued a license in February of 2016 that they never disclosed that would have allowed Iran, Iran... I'm sorry, I say it wrong. There are some people who are like, you're saying it wrong. Uh, they would allow them to convert the $5.7 billion that it had held at a foreign bank by uh, first exchanging them first into U.S. dollars. So, and by the way, if that foreign bank had allowed the exchange without a license, it would have violated their, they, that would have violated sanctions. And apparently the effort was only unsuccessful because American banks declined to participate because they were scared that they were going to get in trouble. They were like, we see that there are these sanctions here. We're not going to touch this. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And now and it makes you you if anyone wonders, you see, you know, like people like John Kerry. Who's going over was the UK and is like doing these secret meetings with Iran- Iranian officials? Yeah, I mean that this is why. I mean they're yeah. terrified yeah. that this thing will go under, that all these things will start coming out. I don't think this is the last. This is definitely not the last we'll hear on stuff like this. Yeah, this is the list just keeps on getting very, very long. Don't think he's gonna be uh, go down in history as the greatest president ever. Just gonna go out on a limb and say you that racist. I know. I know. I know. Oh I my know. gosh. I know. He was a president, though. I mean, he has that. (laughs) He He was a president. Good job. Good morning, Blaze. Sorry, we didn't mean to offend you. Actually, yeah, we did. This is the Morning Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. of common sense and comedy. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Sarah Gonzalez in for Doc Thompson. One last rodeo here with Jason Buttrell. Woo! Yes, and uh, you can tweet us at, at Sarah Gonzalez TX and at Jason Buttrell. Doc will be back tomorrow. Yay. My name again was original enough that I didn't have to put a TX or Well, congratulations. Congratulations, Jason. Great job, Jason's parents. What do you want from me? You know, but, but you were the only one I think in the entire building that actually says my last name correctly. So I want to give you props for that. Thank you. Glenn has never said it right, I, I think in the entire. He'll even ask I've me. I've noticed that. And then he'll screw it up like 2 <laughs> seconds later. It's so funny. Well, Stu's real name is also not Stu and he, he messed <laughs> that up too. So I think he has a thing with 
some names. Uh, I'd like to welcome a guest to the program. We have Daryl Lyons, who is uh, the head of Pax Financial Group, and he has an initiative to help people with retirement. Hi, Daryl. How are you? Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. We are great. Uh, So I do know that I guess there is kind of a cash flow crisis going on. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your program. Yeah, sure. So really, I I have concerns like everyone else. Uh, Just yesterday, some of the Medicare updates saying Medicare is going broke and what do we do next? And, and, And then we talk about Social Security running out. And, and these, these are not just concerns I have, but people who are actually receiving the checks and, and actually using their Medicare card, uh, there's some real worry there. And so what I recognize is that there's a collective worry in a, in a demographic, those that are transitioning into uh, retirement, uh, typically around the age of 65. In fact, there's 10,000 people turning 65 every day. So the reality is, is if they continue to worry, there's not only... Um, the stress that uh, takes place, but also the health declines. And and so we have retirement in three phases. We have the go-go years, the so-so years, and the no-go years, right? <laughs> and, and the go-go years is when you remodel your home and you go on vacation. You spend some cash flow. The no-go years are the years when you have health care issues. That's the advanced age is chronic health. And in the middle, there's um, the so-so years. And research shows that, this, there's, that retirement looks like a retirement smile. Spending slows down in the middle part because people worry. Yeah. And so what I, what, I, what I want to really help people do is stop worrying. So we created a program called Pivot Your Retirement, and this is a course that allows people to better understand how their retirement works, manage their cash flow appropriately, and then pivot, not retire, because retirement by definition is the disposition of an asset over its useful life. Mm. Think about that. Yeah, wow. And, and I don't want people to have a, a useless life. I want them to pivot with purpose because we have some generational challenges and we need this demographic to not worry, to manage their cash flows appropriately, and to reach down to the next generation and pull their hand up and help them out. Yeah. Uh, so, Daryl, what do you think, you know, just talking about finances, um, I know, you know, we mentioned the Social Security crisis and Medicare crisis that, uh, you know, we, we have all been saying for a while now, hello, it's going to happen. We're going to run out of money and no one seems to be listening. And now that's kind of, uh, being brought to light. But, um, what about the, uh, just, just wanted to get your thoughts really quickly on the, the tax plan that was recently passed. Well, I, I was, uh, proud of the tax plan. I actually, uh, I was a part of the process. Um, I know Senator Cornyn mentioned my name on the, the Senate floor. Oh, wow. Um, I got to participate in that process and uh, went to Capitol Hill. And, and I'm not a Capitol Hill guy. I'm a South Texas guy. Yeah. Um, but when things matter, I go up there and I bring my pitchfork just like everyone else. And um, I was pleased. I think, I think overall we're, we're seeing a lot of optimism. And that's the thing about it is even though uh, most of the benefits haven't been deployed yet, and we're still seeing trickle effects of that, of some pe- people's paychecks going up, yeah. I think what it did is it triggered optimism, not in all areas, but in the area that really mattered, which is small business. And small business optimism, the index went off the charts. And as a result, people are hiring, they're encouraged, they're inspired, they're motivated, they're uh, manufacturing new products, they're creating uh, patents, they're, uh, they're new ideas. And so as a result, uh, our economy's moving. So I think, I think it just created a wave of optimism. And I, I want to ride that wave as long as I can. Um, Daryl, going back over to, the, to, you, uh, to your initiative, Pivot Your Retirement, I, I, it, it's, it's, it, it, it's kind of it made me remember uh, a lot of stuff that I've seen in the news lately about just the impending pension crisis. 
And uh, I've uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about it here in Texas. I've heard people talk about it in California. Um, I think Illinois is like epic as far as like what they're approaching uh, in this coming uh, pension crisis. Um, have you been uh, looking at that? And is is your program maybe something that if you are uh, like a civil servant or someone that has you know is is relying on? Let's say I'm a civil servant and I'm relying on, on on my pension that I've been putting into for like 20 years, but it's coming to that point where it might not even be there because of everything that's going on for some maybe states you know going insolvent on on a lot of these areas. Is your program something that they can look at as like say maybe this is a backup? This is something I can get into in case this crisis hits me? Well, absolutely. What, what I'll do in the program is I'll walk a, a, along with you um, to help you organize your money in such a way that you can actually not, not just uh, worry um, abstractly, but actually put the pen and paper and think about your needs and your wants and organize it in such a way to say, okay, what if this pension thing doesn't work out? Um, I have followed it and been following it for years, and um, there's no doubt there is a, a real issue, and um, how it gets resolved is going to be very questionable. There's, it's really tricky because you've got bondholders on one end and pension, uh, pension uh, beneficiaries on the other end, and both are the retiree demographic that I'm, I'm targeting and helping. And so uh, you, if, if you're a bondholder that owns this municipality uh, and the pensions have problems, then your bonds could default. So it, it really is a systemic and a com- complicated issue. I'd suggest to, to the people that are uh, depending upon their pensions to, uh, A, not worry because they can't control it. Uh, P, B, know, know how it works. There's a Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation that does provide some backdrop that we've used before in the airlines industry. It's not the greatest, but it is there. And then C, do what you can control, which is organize your money in such a way that you separate your needs from your wants. So if for some reason you do lose some of your pension benefit, you can recognize what expenses can go away. Maybe some luxury stuff. Daryl, um, coming from a, from a veteran's perspective uh, regarding retirement, I think a lot of us, uh, when we get out of the military, we're already behind the curve if we didn't choose to retire. So we don't even really have... Uh, some kind of retirement nest egg built up. Then we move on to other jobs. Usually those offer some stupid like 401k that most people don't even pay into because they're already not getting paid enough money anyway. So they're not going to divert anything. And before you know it, you're 40 years old and you haven't even addressed this when other people you're hearing about are retiring at 50, 55. Like, I guess my question to you is, is it ever too late to look at this? Is it, is it like, let's say you're, you're 40 and you're, you haven't even begun to address this. Is there anything you can do or is, are you just, are you screwed? Like, is, is, is it ever too late to look into this and is there hope? So, good question. So, my program specifically is focused on helping people make a transition in retirement. So, pe- people that are typically 60 and up. But to answer your question directly, um, there is very much hope. You know, those that served our country, the biggest challenge is transitioning into the civilian yeah. uh, workforce. You know, just the change of just the communication process and the expectations. Um, but the reality is, is the, the um, I know in San Antonio, we're military city, yep. and the transition is possible. You have to push through that initial challenge, uh, challenge. And what's great now is that you can go online and you can find so many support groups of people that can help you make that transition. We're finding that the military people in our community are excellent workers. Uh, they're men and women of integrity, generally speaking, and it's just making that transition. And it is not too late. It would be nice if they 
had served long enough to receive their retire pay, right? Because that's mm-hmm. a beautiful benefit. But if they didn't, if for some reason they served for a partial period and didn't get their retire pay, uh, I have seen, I literally have seen people catch up like at 40, and, and I've been doing this since 1999, and, and aggressively save and, and be just perfectly fine. Uh, you can save at 40 and catch up. It's not an issue at all. Yeah. You just have to be focused. Yeah. Uh, so can you tell the listeners where they can go if they are interested in signing up for this course? Yes, you can go to pivotyourretirement.com. Um, and uh, we, we, uh, we established this course for the benefit of, of those that are transitioning into retirement or worried about retirement and just uh, a way for them to unpack their finances in their pajamas on their own time and without the threat of somebody, you know, talking to them about their stuff and feeling uncomfortable, just a really relaxing way. Um, I'm basically sitting in their living room helping guide them. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so pivotyourretirement.com. Thank you so much for joining us, Daryl. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, take care. So when you think of a mother, you think nurturing, uh, you know, um, just the embodiment of warmth and caring. And, you know, when you lose your mother, it is, it's a very sad thing, Mm. right? Yep. Okay. So there was a mother, a woman who recently passed away and her children, you know, I mean, you got to do the standard, buy a place in the newspaper to do an obituary and, you know, let make sure everyone knows we have lost this person. So I just want to take a moment to read this obituary to you. Okay. Kathleen Dumlow was born on March 19th, 1938 to Joseph and Gertrude Schunk. She married Dennis Dumlow at St. Anne's in Wabasso in 1957 and had two children, Gina and Jay. Oh, so that's sweet. They're just, she grew up. She got married. They had kids. She's starting a family. Okay. In 1962, she became pregnant by her husband's brother, Lyle Demlow, and moved to California. She abandoned her children, Gina. This is in the obituary. This is a real thing. (laughs) She abandoned her children, Gina and Jay, who were then raised by her parents. She passed away on May 31st, 2018 in Springfield and will now face judgment. She will not be missed by Gina and Jay, and they understand that this world is a better place without her. Oh, oh my gosh. Bam. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Can you imagine being that bad of a mom that your kids are like, oh, we're going to get her back? I can't when imagine. she dies. I mean, the, yeah, so they have cause to be mad. Absolutely. I can't imagine being that spiteful that you'd want to write an obituary to slam them after their death. That's just not something I would do. I, but oh, I get I'm, why oh, they're I'm, mad, Oh, I'm not but. above that. <laughs> oh, I'm not above that at all. Just saying. Although I, I have a wonderful mother, so I would never have to do that. But I feel, I feel for them, though. My hearts go out to them that they, you know, I hope that they get closure in life. But damn. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have a company, Minostalgia, at blazewildrice.com, and they have been advertising here at the Blaze for a while now. 
They are all about making edible memories from the North Woods of Minnesota. I'm sure that you guys have heard us talk about their super healthy wild rice and wild rice waffle mixes. Um, my son loves the waffle mixes. I make them and I'll make a chocolate flavor and like they made at the studio one time and he just devours them. It's amazing. He never sits still and eats, but he does when I have these Blaze Wild Rice uh, waffle mixes. And uh, now they have beer jelly. Yeah, that's right. Beer jelly. Made you- from Natty Light? Uh, no, Jason. Sarah's on board. No, not made from Natty Light. <laughs> made from much more high quality beer than Natty Light. So don't you worry. Uh, and they have six varieties. So you can go to blazewildrice.com and they have sampler packs on sale. So you can try a variety of different products and save 10% when you use promo code NEWS10. Father's Day is coming up. Okay, and you, this is a great gift for dad. You've got the grill and sampler pack, and it includes one of the beer jellies. It's got it comes in a little wooden crate just to make it extra special. All you got to do is slap a bow on it and give it to him and be done with it. So remember to use promo code NEWS and the number 10 at blazewildrice.com to get your 10% off. That's blazewildrice.com, promo code NEWS10. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Jason is never going to let me live this down. I should have <laughs> never admitted that here's a great rule of thumb. Never admit what you do in college. If you if you if you say on the radio does, what? Uh, yeah. Yeah, she said you shotgunning. Shotgunning Natty Light. You, if I'm you say so that, sorry for being be prepared honest. to have that follow you forever. And admitting. Especially in this building. <laughs> <laughs> That's it was shot- college. <laughs> I was going through a phase. Okay. (laughs) Give me a break. Oh, man. Uh, So, Austin Fletcher, he, I believe he goes by Fleckas. He is known for doing these man on the street videos in California, and uh, he'll show up at, you know, protests and things of that nature just to interview, you know, liberals and ask them questions about what their cause, you know, means, what they stand for. So his latest one, he went out and uh, he was asking people, he gave them a quote and he wanted them to answer if the quote came from Trump or if it came from a Democrat. And uh, I thought I I would like to do a little experiment and I want to put Jason on the spot. Oh, man. And I want to go ahead and play. I want to play the quote and then we'll stop after the quote is played. And then I want to hear who who you think said it. Oh, I'm going to do a pop Pressure quiz. Okay. Yeah. So let's go ahead and take a listen. Hey, guys. It's Fleckus. This week we're at Hollywood Boulevard Walk of Fame at Donald Trump Star to play a game with local celebrities. It's called Trump or Democrats before Trump. Let's see what people think. Democrats or Trump. Okay. Democrats or Trump? Guess who said these quotes, all right? He's got it. He's got it. He's got it. Number one, we all agree on the need to better secure the border and to punish employers who choose to hire illegal immigrants. Oh. Who do you think it is? Oh, this is such a trap. Um, so <laughs> it's so it, it's so obviously something that Trump ran on and said, so mm-hmm. I'm going to go opposite and say Democrats. Okay, but do you know which Democrat? Ooh. Um... 
Yeah. Could this? What's the time frame here? Could this? This is could be any any time. It's a modern. Before. It would. They're, I, they're all modern day Democrats. They're not. It's not like going back to you know. I'm gonna say that that 1900s. sounded very similar to Bernie Sanders. So I'm gonna say that. Okay. Go oh, ahead. that's Trump all the way. That's actually Barack Obama, 2005. Oh. We need to be very Boom. careful Barack about Syrian Obama. refugee admissions. Wait, what do you say? Say that. Can you say that again? Trump all the way. That's actually Barack Obama, 2005. We need to be very careful about Syrian refugee admissions. Syrian refugee. Uh, I'll go with Trump on that one. Okay. That's Trump. That's Diane Feinstein, 2015. Crazy, right? Look at a I forgot about her. We need to be very careful about Syrian refugee admissions. Trump, of course. Diane Feinstein, 2015. <laughs> Okay. We in Congress stand by Israel. In Congress, we speak with one voice on the subject of Israel. Wow, um, that's a tough one, right? Because everyone talks that talk. But what's what's interesting when I was in Israel, there were not a single Democrat went over there. Um, I think Lieberman, who isn't really considered a Democrat, mm-hmm. so I actually, but he was then. So I, I'll say I'll say Democrat, and that was uh, Lieberman. That's Trump. That's Nancy Pelosi. Pelosi. I take the Constitution <laughs> very seriously. Donald Trump. I take the Constitution very seriously. I take the Constitution very That's That's the president. Trump? That's the president, yeah. Okay. It, it isn't Trump, although he does. That was actually Barack Obama. I would have a hard time believing that one as well. well right, I, I get that, right? I believe I marriage is between a man and a woman. <laughs> I'm not in favor of gay marriage. I believe marriage is between a man and a woman. I'm not in favor of gay marriage. That's Hillary Clinton. Okay. Obama, Obama, Obama. Obama? Hulk is nailing these. When I'm forced to use a translator to communicate with a guy fixing my car, I feel a certain frustration. Uh, Jason's just... Has this blank look on his face. Uh, uh, that's Lunchbox Joe. A certain frustration. Oh, that's, that's Trump, definitely. No, that's Barack Obama as well, believe it or not. This was said uh, in 2015, or maybe it was said recently. I'll start that one over again. I'll pick a different card, because I gave that one away. You did get a Democrat, though. Okay. When we use phrases like undocumented workers, we convey a message to the American people that their government is not serious about combating illegal immigration. It is illegal and wrong. Who would you you guess said that? I'll go with the president on that one. Trump. Um, President Trump. Trump. That was actually Chuck Schumer, believe it or not. Yeah. (laughs) I judge people based on their capability, honesty, and merit. I'll go with Trump on that one. Honesty and merit. I'm going to go with Democrat. Okay. He did say that. Yes, he did. Yeah. Oh, how did I know? I think that I'm a better speechwriter than my speechwriters. I know more about policies on any particular issue than my policy directors. And I'll tell you right now, I'm going to think I'm a better political director than my political director. It's, it's, it's not serious. No one said <laughs> that. That was <laughs> Trump. No, it was actually Barack Obama. <laughs> what? I thought that was People like a People who joke enter question. the United States without our permission are illegal aliens, and illegal aliens should not be treated the same as people who enter the United States legally. Trump. Sure, President Trump. That is Chuck Schumer, 2009. <laughs> he said all the reasons. Failing. You know, Trump don't want him here neither, though. Crashing. Illegal burn. immigrants? Yeah, man. Do you think illegal immigrants, is that a, a thing that we should just kind of like open the doors for? Or? I mean, they're taking our jobs. That's true. 
I'm American. So it's like, <laughs> you see where I'm working at here. One, two, three, there we go. So you agree that maybe we do need a little bit of immigration reform? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or cut down on illegal immigration. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. I said it. Hillary Clinton will say anything to get elected. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a question, was it? Uh, no. I don't, no, 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 no. <laughs> that was just so, a truth. <laughs> uh, okay. Jason got zero. No. Zero. There was no, I couldn't, I had the, I got the dinger out. Well, the rules were Democrat or, well, I, so you I did didn't know Democrat. Democrat, but I didn't guess the right person. I was ready to ring it. Times. But you could have, you could have given me the benefit of the doubt. Just, I, I just didn't guess the right person. The right Democrat. Yeah. But I got the right side. But well, what, isn't it amazing how many of them uh, were just like Trump? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trump. Oh, he, he said that he's against illegal immigration. Trump, obviously. What's funny is it, 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 it points out the flip floppiness of uh, Democrats now. Like oh, yeah. the things that they're saying now are not the things they were saying just a few years ago. Right. I mean, for crying out loud, like Bill Clinton was that was the first uh, president, I think, to actually say we need to build a wall, and he built it in California. Yeah. Operation Gatekeeper. Right. I mean, he was all about it then. Yeah. They were all about it. Hillary Clinton was all about marriage between a woman and a man. And yeah. then uh, Barack Obama was all yeah, about marriage. Between a man. And then all of a sudden, then, they got woke mm-hmm, all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, you know, Israel... Uh, uh, everyone says that they're pro-Israel until all of a sudden we move the embassy and then they're like, oh, well, you don't want them to instigate these these protests, these peaceful protests over they, there on the other side. They don't want action. They, they just want whatever's politically, you know, whatever behooves them politically. At the no, time. That's it. stop that, Jason. <laughs> uh, IHOP, really quickly, IHOP says that it, they're changing their name. IHOP, the International House of Pancakes, is changing their name. They're changing the acronym? Or are they just changing the words in the acronym? The what they said was for 60 years we've been IHOP. Now we're flipping our name to IHOB. So the P is upside down. IHOB. IHOB. <laughs> and it says find out what it could be. On June 11th, hashtag IHOB. What would be your guess? International House of, it's not books, because that wouldn't be very fulfilling. Uh, We've got bacon. International bacon, international house of. Biscuits. Biscuits, bread. Uh, butter, butter beans. I know, that that was my thought, was just breakfast, but I felt like maybe that's too easy. National House of Breakfast, yeah. that's not International House of Breakfast. Maybe, because they're, they're like, we're, we're kind of put in a box here with saying pancakes. Right? <laughs> well, I mean, I will say they did, they tweeted out and said, what could it be? And, and they gave a, a poll, and the, the only ones listed, now they could just be misleading, biscuits, bacon, butternut squash, and barnacles. So we'll find out on uh, June 11th. Barnacles. What that, what that will be. Uh, Ridiazone. I love it. I use it all the time. I lost a bunch of weight a long time ago. I know. I'm sorry, Lori. Oh, she lost 100 pounds. Whatever. Go eat something. All right. Well, once you hit a certain age, losing weight and keeping the pounds off can be a huge struggle. So you want to lose the extra pounds, but you can't. That's where Ridiazone comes in. Uh, it takes the good stuff in olive oil. It helps reduce your cravings and it boosts your metabolism. You really need to try it, especially if you've hit that certain age like I have where nothing is working. 
Try it now. It's Ridiazone. Order today at Ridiazone.com. Enter promo code DOC and receive 30% off a three-month supply. That's Ridiazone.com. Promo code DOC. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. does hold a record for something the most career firings in a lifetime this is the morning blaze with doc thompson (laughs) for now as most of you know uh there is a big big problem that um i like to draw attention to whenever i can and uh that problem is masculinity and i just have to say it's not just the toxic masculinity that's going on it's all masculinity. Okay. It is, it's disgusting. It's sick even, and it needs to be stopped. And you know what? There is a college, a university who is offering a course that will hopefully, hopefully help with the awful disease plaguing our society called masculinity. It's got to be stopped. It, I mean, right? Finally, somebody has the balls. Uh, thank you. Finally. Thank you. So Hobart and William Smith Colleges are offering a course for next spring. Sign up now. Based on the notion that masculinity is problematic for both men and women. So the name of the course, help me, Lord, not to just be fined for the words that I'm trying really hard not to say right now. <laughs> Men and Masculinity is one of five courses required for the, uh, the students who want to earn a men's studies minor, and it aims to help students rethink the male experience through the lens of pro-feminist men's studies. So, uh, the course offers a reinterpretation of men's lives from the perspectives of history and sociology uh, and... We assert that masculinity is problematic for both men and women, but also, also subject to change since it is socially constructed and historically variable. Are you kidding me? Socially constructed? Jason, Jason, you didn't go into the military because like you're a man and you had certain values that were just kind of you know, like you were born with, you were taught to be masculine. You, why are you dressed so masculine, by the way, also? Why are you? You, This is something you learned socially. Must have been. Something you learned socially. Because masculinity is historically variable. So if we could just shift society... To construct a more feminine version of masculinity, maybe you wouldn't be such a damn problem, Jason. I have to be stopped. Personally, <laughs> I have to be stopped. You know, what's the, how can, can you separate? I, I don't understand how you separate masculinity from men. 
Like that's. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's the. Is that not the entire like that they are one in the same? Yeah, that's just describing the way I. I don't. Masculinity is just a, a term to, to just describe how 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 men act. It's like being like feminine, right? Well, right. Like, and if you were to say that a woman was acting masculine, you would be basically saying she was acting like a dude. And if you said a guy was uh, somewhat right. feminine. You would say that he had the characteristics of a woman, right? That that's how words work. You can get a minor in men's studies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I would be tempted to take that if I was in college now, just because I thought I would be like assuming that a lot of hot chicks would be thinking it's about something else. You know what I mean? They're like, Jason, you're all about the hot chicks. Not getting the premise who's right. Like, wait, who's like, playing Batgirl? Wait, who's playing Batgirl? Uh, Wait, who's showing up for those classes? Uh, yeah, that was. Me. So I, th- I think I'm just. I, I felt like I had to overcompensate because you started like throwing down that feminist thing on me. So this is like my run back to saying cheerleaders, <laughs> cheerleaders and beer. Yeah. Uh, Wait, what, what kind of beer? What kind of beer? I can't speak for you, Jason. I don't know what kind of beer you want to drink. Okay. Hashtag Sarah loves Natty Light. Anyway. <laughs> Students enrolled in the class will be required to write three essays, including a biography exploring the problematics of masculinity and speculation on solutions and social change. So, wait. So, does it does it highlight what is negative about masculinity? Does it highlight the dangers of it? Uh, yeah, all of it, all of masculinity. That's all I say. They don't say anything specific. No, Jason, why would you need something specific? Just the the whole concept of masculinity is the danger. You, I mean, it's just you. You are the danger. I don't know why we let you men just walk around just like by yourselves, just doing things and going to work. You're dangerous. I know. This is true. Um, I think that what is dangerous is teaching boys, especially because I am mm-hmm. the father of a boy. Same. That just being who he is mm-hmm. is is dangerous to society and is not welcome in mm-hmm. society. Mm-hmm. And they're teaching him that being a boy or being a man is about something that it's not. Mm-hmm. They're, they're equating it to, and that's why I was curious what they actually said it was, because when I hear these arguments, they equate it to oppressive uh, behavior. They equate it to treating women badly. Yeah. Um, which is complete. They, they attribute it to violence. Yeah. Gun culture. That's not what masculinity is. That's a society problem. Yes. Oh, I'm so tired of that. And it's just like these feminists, these people who are coming up with these ridiculous notions that, you know, uh, masculinity is a problem. Now, not just toxic masculinity, but all masculinity is a problem. Do you not have sons? Do you not have daughters? Do you not have children at all? Because if you do, you will see very quickly after they are born that there are inherent differences in boys and girls. Boys, by nature, are just more masculine. Girls, by nature, are just more feminine. That's the difference in genders. How and again, these students writing this this essay about a solution. I mean, what possible solution could could you have to come up with to remove masculinity from men? You can't. I mean, are we cutting off body parts now? Is that what we're going to do? I mean, I don't. Maybe you guys should take hormones. Why don't you take some estrogen already? Okay, 
It's, it's so interesting. It's like, it, and it reminds me of, it's like, it's like they're trying, it's like similar to how progressives try to rewrite history. Mm-hmm. They're also trying to rewrite just basic fundamental facts. Yeah. Like men and women, gender, um, uh, basic fundamental facts that we used to hold as self-evident, you know, and obvious. Yeah. So, you know, it just, it's common sense, but they're trying to rewrite that. Yeah. I, it was interesting in a, in a kind of a maybe off topic, but not so much example <laughs> was, if that makes sense. Yeah. But uh, especially because the museum thing's coming up here right. um, next week. But uh, Glenn had a copy of the Declaration of Independence, like an original, like they took paper like in 1820 or whatever mm-hmm. and they put it down they put this ink they put it down on the actual declaration mm-hmm. and oh and it transferred it transferred onto, over so it's yeah. the actual handwriting of thomas wow. jefferson it's crazy that's so cool so it had in there he had put in mercury1.org mercury by the way yep <laughs> he put on there a sentence that said um he was criticizing the english the british king mm-hmm. for not being a legitimate christian so he was he was showing like he claims to be Christian, but he's not a Christian. Okay, and that he was like he's he he's uh, um, pro, pro, basically furthering slavery, and it was this huge anti-slavery rant. Now it ended up getting taken out by a couple of states like Georgia and or not Georgia, I can't remember. It was a couple of states that ended up uh, getting it taken out. Mm-hmm. But that was what the founders believed. They believed A in God and B they believed and they were against slavery. Now nowadays it's, that's been written out. Our founders were bigoted. Mm-hmm. They uh, were mm-hmm. all about slavery mm-hmm. and they were atheists. And in in like in the cases of like Thomas Paine, all right. of those narratives are false and wrong. Yeah. But progressives are trying to write that out. Yeah. Now it's the same thing we're seeing like the, today with gender, you know, masculinity, being feminine, all of that. And again, you know, I feel like sometimes I feel like a broken record that it's just like, um, for the record, all you men out there who happen to be, you know, maybe um, trying to determine how you secure a really good woman, you want to settle down, you're looking for a really good woman, you don't know how you should act, how you should behave. Don't you dare listen to all of this progressive nonsense that females somehow don't want a masculine man or don't want the man to, you know, at least uh, aspire to be a breadwinner or open a door or whatever. I mean, let me just tell you, men, that is not what real women want. Okay, that's not what we want. We want strong men. We want men who are not afraid to hide their masculinity. Now, I will say that doesn't mean, you know, like, oh, don't ever show emotions. Oh, you know, oh, just be a big tough guy. Who that's, that's not what that means. But let me just tell you, um, we're down for some masculinity. <laughs> At least the real women are. So don't you worry. Okay. Um, so a couple days ago, I talked about a professor who went on this racist rant. He was sitting at a diner in Harlem and he said, uh, he was basically like, I can't stand white people. I can't stand white people. And you know, what's worse? White children. Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm white and I, I can't stand, I, I can't stand us. What? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. A Rutgers University professor who was he talking he, to somebody or was this an he was, it was a Facebook post Okay, is a Facebook post. And he just went on a rant. He was sitting <clears> in this diner and he was like, 
oh, these little Caucasian a-holes running around, you know, that like, please sing loudly, you moron. Slide around on the floor, you little s-head. Do what you want. Nobody here is going to restrict your right to be white. I hereby resign from my race. F these people. Yeah, I know it's about access to my dinner. F you too. And uh, so he really went all out to. He doesn't just... really believe that. Do you think he really believes that? Do you yes. think it's just because it's a f- the fad nowadays? It'll make him more popular and woke or whatever. Gosh, we awake. That. We've used that. We've used that word a lot today. This Rutgers University <laughs> professor is awake. This this in, this entire radio show today was very awake. Yeah, <laughs> we were awake. Uh, but seriously, do you think he really believes that? I kind of do. I kind of do. You don't. I, it just seems like such a psychotic thing to say if you're a white person, but you say you hate white people and F them. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't even make any sense. I mean, I hate me and I hate the rest of us. I, it doesn't, not just, I, mean, I just think, I, you know what this reminds well, me isn't of? Isn't it the same thing when a man is like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a super, I'm a feminist. Males are terrible. They're not, I'm a feminist. Is that not the same thing? So they're either a very feminine man who's like self-conscious about it or I don't know. I don't know. But th- what this reminds me of is like, remember, remember Criss Cross, the two little kids back in the like li- yeah. early 90s? Yes. When they like thought it would be cool to start this. Tr- jump, jump. And this fashion trend to turn their jeans backwards. Dad and Mac will make you jump, jump. jump. Exactly. Criss yeah. will make you. That's like the only song that I think was good from them. Yeah. But they like had this awesome idea, like qu- air quoted awesome, to like turn their jeans backwards. Awesome. And they were yeah. trying to start that fashion trend. But yeah. some people, because they thought crisscross were cool, would show up to school. I don't know if they did your school, but I guess I'm a little bit older than you, so maybe they weren't doing this. I but know. at my school, there were some that. kids that were like, they didn't actually think that wearing your jeans backwards was cool. But they did it anyway. Because crisscross did it. So I how think. How do you go to the, hold on. How do you, how do you. <laughs> How do you, as a male, go to the back? I mean, you gotta. You just you you gotta unbutton from the back. Nah, you just you, they, you wear a you really just, loose fit and you oh, just pull you just them straight pull it down, down. Which looks funny if somebody else walks into the bathroom and you're standing at the urinal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna say a little bit more they're than like, they bargained for uh, when they walk in there. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Be like, what's up, bro? What's, there it is. What's going on? <laughs> there it is. So the diner that this Rutgers University professor was at, they apparently, they're, they're fighting back a little bit. They actually told, and this is at, up at theblaze.com, these owners of this Harlem diner actually spoke to the Blaze exclusively. And they said, for five years and counting, we built our business on a prerogative of cherishing diversity within our ownership, staff, and customers in our beloved Harlem community. We refuse to be sucked into your racist rants. So if you wish to name drop, please use names of those with similar views. We ask that our name is removed from your rant because we do not want to have anything to do with you. And yeah, we ask that you get your burgers somewhere else. Good for them. We do not tolerate racism either. We thrive on equality and fairness and have full intentions to keep it that way. Good so, for them. This guy went on that little racist tirade and he ain't getting any more burgers from this place. Good for them. Yeah. So it was really nice to see um, a business actually standing up for themselves. Uh, in in a contrast to the bakery 
in Portland that caved to the the black woman who came after hours. Did you see that story? No. She came after hours. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, and she demanded that she be served, and they were like, "It's we're closed. It's she was like after hours. Four minutes after it was closed, mm-hmm. she was denied service. But like literally two minutes. And they also minutes, denied, yes, white people service. Just two minutes before, mm-hmm, which before was actually her. two minutes after it was, it was the place was closed. Well, but starting after two minutes, it's racist. Like if it closes and it's only two minutes after that close, that's yeah. Did you? I mean, duh. It's like it's a not, better business bureau thing. I yeah, think. it's not racist if it's only two minutes after close. Four minutes after close, racist. That's true. So that company has like issued apologies and they've gone through all of these. What do you apologize for? What do you? How do you even racist? word that po- apology? Being racist. <laughs> It's really racist to not let someone in after hours. Okay. I mean, it goes back to the Starbucks thing, you know, for people sitting there and not, you know, ordering something, Mm -hmm. but you're branded a racist. That that card can always be pulled. And and the more people that don't have the, you know, the, you know, the the balls to stand up to some of this stuff, the more this is just going to keep getting worse. Yeah. Yeah. This, the open sign was turned off. And by the way, Jason, uh, from what I'm reading on here, it wasn't four minutes. It was six minutes after close. It was 9.06 p.m. So I'm sorry. I was wrong. The racism starts at at, at six after. That's not four. What, it starts what. at six after. So good job, Harlem Diner. Let me see if I can find their name. Harlem Diner. You can go to uh, to theblaze.com and find it. And uh, give them your business. If you're in Harlem, give them your business because they deserve it. All right. Summer is here, at least here in Texas. It's like 10 billion gazillion degrees. It's awful. Unless you're uh, in the studio where it's 50 below zero, which is (laughs) why I'm wearing this lovely uh, Texas Longhorns blanket. (laughs) But summer is here and there is no better time than now to get a new flag for summer. You need to check out our friends at collinsflags.com. Collins Flags is family-owned and operated business since 2001, and all of their American and military flags are made right here in America, which is huge for me. I always try to buy American if I can. They are committed to offering the highest quality flags at wholesale pricing. They have all the flags you could possibly imagine. They have state flags, military flags, your favorite sports team, whatever it is, they have it. All orders will ship within 24 hours and shipping is free on orders over $75. It's a great Midwestern company with great Midwestern values. I apparently can't say the word Midwestern right now. Uh, So collinsflags.com. Right now they have a special offer for Blaze listeners only. If you use promo code Blaze, you will receive an extra 15% discount. That is promo code Blaze to receive 15% off your order plus free shipping on all orders over $75. That is collinsflags.com. Knowledge is power. Tweet at us with the hashtag what I learned today. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. Thompson. One last tribute. Here's to you, Doc. All righty then. Uh, hashtag what I learned today. I learned today that my good friend Jason here 
is was actually a closet really huge feminist. <laughs> you can find him uh, interacting very, very, very often on the hashtag Me Too. Come on, man. Hashtag Me Too. Uh, so go, go find him there. Come on. Jason, what did you learn today? I learned that I am dangerous and every other men beside me, we're all dangerous. We need to be stopped. This has gotten out of control and actually use that to minor in men's studies because there are some, a lot of hot chicks that probably don't know what it's really about. They might be in there and you can meet them. I personally don't understand why they let you guys roam the streets. You all need to be locked up (laughs) as far as I'm concerned. Board up, Kirk, what did you learn today? Well, I guess it's something I learned. I still need to see this Natty Light shotgunning <laughs> video. Since it's your last day, that's the good way to send you no, off. No, yeah. no. You should reenact it instead of trying to dig it up from college. Yes. I, I like that I, I idea. completely sign on to this. I don't like that idea <laughs> at all. And I should have never said anything. And also, if there is ever an, a reenactment to be had, it uh, cannot be this early in the morning. This is <laughs> not the this is not the right time slot to be shotgunning right. Natty Lights. My Twitter's blowing up though with people talking about Sarah and Natty Light. I just love this. I hope Shut it continues. Shut up, Jason. It straight up is. Shut up, Jason. <laughs> uh, all right, M says, do we need to send a search party out for Doc Thompson? Can we confirm that Brad Staggs did not does not have him locked in a basement somewhere? This isn't cool, guys. Yeah, I know. I know. I we, you're, You were stuck with us one last day, but we made it through. And I, maybe someone should check Brad Stagg's basement. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> Spunkin' Bronut says, there's a stray cat behind my warehouse. I yelled, Sarah Gonzalez, and it bolted. <laughs> Her reputation must be spreading nationwide in the stray community. Listen. Words out on the street. Listen, yep. I will say this cat was crazy this morning, and she keeps trying to attack my leg. So... <laughs> I personally view it as playing, but maybe she's just trying to kill me. Yeah, she's trying to kill me so that she can make her break for it. Paul B says, UK is now, you kidding? Uh, Yeah, Yeah. I would have to agree with that. Danny says, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers don't have cheerleaders. I didn't know that. The Pittsburgh Steelers don't have cheerleaders. It's not hurting them. Did not know that either. Wow. It's not hurting them. Uh, Backyard Cows says, is Sarah Gonzalez wearing a Snuggie? Uh, I wish, (laughs) first of all. I really, I have a pink Snuggie at home, but this is actually, if you guys are watching on TV, this is actually a Longhorns big fleece blanket. Oh, I've got to read this one. Sorry. Okay. From Florida, man. Hashtag what I learned today. Natty Light will make you jump, jump. (laughs) Hashtag Sarah love Natty Light. I love you, Florida, man. Keep those coming. Shut! Why are you guys... Don't encourage him. Please, stop it. Uh, Paul... Paul... Oh, no. ...says, Jason Buttrell, head researcher for The Blaze, and he has no clue who said what. Don't. I knew they were Democrats, Uh mostly. uh Not the Mm -hmm. specific person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Mm -hmm. Come on, man. Nick in Detroit... International House of Beer Bongs, inspired by Sarah Gonzalez and Natty Light. Yes! Uh, Thank you! Thank you! Stop it! (laughs) Stop it! It's rude. All right, uh, I don't know what Glenn's wearing. Have we seen what he's wearing? Uh, no. No? It's something very woke, I'm sure. Uh, Jason, the correct term is awake. Awake. He's very awake today. He's awake. But really, he's got a really good program coming up. Uh, Jason, I'm sure you did some work for it, right? Actually, I got to go ask him right now what he wants to talk about today on the TV show. So I'm going to run in as soon as we get off this. This is going to be a fun day. Yeah. (laughs) 
12 hour shifts, man. Yay. Yay. All right, Doc is back tomorrow. You're welcome. It's been fun. We're out of here. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Part of the next generation of talk radio. This is the Blaze Radio Network. Attention.